Did you change your name? You're Miller? Yeah. My last name used to be, um, well, it's pronounced pronounced Adamchich. Adamchich. Yeah, but it's spelled A-D-A-M-C-I-C, so everyone used to call me Adamchik. <laughs> oh, you're joking. <laughs> so, when, Classic. So I was pretty stoked. To <laughs> change to Miller. <laughs> yep. <laughs> He was on that, uh, what's his name, Marty, on the crazy, is it Crazy Call? Do you remember he used to oh, have that prank call? Is that, yeah, 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 the radio Yeah, yeah. Station. Yeah, I know Marty. And then yeah. he was like, are you a dumb chick? And I was at work at the time, I was like, yeah, yeah. Like, it was, yeah, anyway. <laughs> well, he taught, you called up on the, um, yeah. on the morning Recorded show. the whole thing and I was meant to go to court for something and yeah. I think it was jury duty or something like that. Yeah, that's good. There's a famous thing in New Zealand. It was they got this morning TV host, and he's a little dweeb, but and he's really kind of rude to people. And there was an Indian lady, an expert professor, and she called up from India, and her name was Dipshit. That was her last oh. name. And this asshole, you know, yeah. like Kiwis loved it and stuff, but he went off like ten minutes. Yeah, Dipshit, Dipshit, and it was. Yeah. I don't know. And Lots of my family members it. liked it and they thought yeah, it was funny. Yeah. I thought it was fucking terrible. I'm like, this yeah. guy's an asshole. You <laughs> yeah. know, are we five years old, for Christ's sake? <laughs> kind of like that, the voice, you know, where they get people that can't sing and they're, yeah. they're just throwing them on there to yeah, take yeah. the piss out of them, you know? Yeah, but it's good TV. It is good it TV. Is, yeah. <laughs> good TV. I liked it that year when they, got, feel bad, <laughs> they got Jerry Halliwell's show and then they got her to sing a song and she just can't sing. Oh. <laughs> and they all clapping there saying, yeah, and like, hold up. If she was a contestant, you would have laughed her off the yeah, stage. Yeah. You know? yeah. So it's, Simon. Uh, yes. Get that fucker to sing. I get bet him you to can't sing. sing it, no. Oh, nice. <laughs> No. So anyway, what are we, 27? Episode? Episode 27. So I'll push, I'll let's do an intro, man. <laughs> well, we don't have to because I can just I, cut it. I know, but it's nice. All right. Hey! Yeah. I don't know what, what Water Street put in the machine. <laughs> <laughs> so you episode 27? Episode 27. And we've mm. got Maz Miller on. Yes. Sports Sports psychologist? Well, no. No. No, not anymore. Not anymore. Ex-sports psychologist. So you walk and talk therapy. Yeah, that's what I do now. But yeah, I chose to not no longer be registered as of last year. Oh, did you? So I was practicing for about 10 years or so. And um, they've just, they've got new regulations around online presence. Okay. Um, where under APRA, so if you're a nurse or a psychologist or whoever's covered with them, um, in a nutshell, if you have a private social media profile with a pseudonym, yeah. you still can't like, comment, follow, post anything that's not board approved. Wow. wow. So you're yeah. controlled. Completely. Holy shit. And they've actually hired people. To, to hunt you to, down. Yeah, <laughs> and it's happening. Like, I've, I've got a colleague who, um, there was somebody online talking about autistic children in a derogatory way, and um, she said something about it, and she's, like, under warning because she shouldn't have gotten involved because she doesn't know their mental health history. But so it, wasn't a, it wasn't under her name. No. But that's bloody, how did they even find you can't, how because they find you so, like I guess that? their whole thing is that if it can be traced back to them... Then, yeah. But it's not really. Like, it just feels like censorship more than anything, to but me anyway. It's a control oh, yeah, control. yeah, and with psychology, that's how everything's come about, that we've got different Opinions. understandings yeah, of things absolutely. and then we study them and then new ideas come about. This is really just going to be a situation of 
don't say anything new because it's not approved. So an example of that is um, because, yes, I do sports psychology, but I'm also trained as a general psychologist. So... I haven't done this for 10 years. I've never seen this amount, this large amount of suicides, especially in young men, yeah. um, wow, without that? a history. So often yeah. you hear about... Like a history was, of depression, of, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people where it was completely partners are blindsided and families just in shock. Um, and I'm talking like I'm probably speaking to someone at least every week, one or two people. Um, where this is a family member or friend. So, but I couldn't say that. So I really like yeah. went to say it. And I had colleagues going, "Yeah, but we don't know the stats." And I'm like, "But this is happening." Like, well, yeah, you are the stat. You, this yeah. is your personal experience yeah. of what's going on. What What would you put that down to? Well, I think so. The risk factors for suicide are social isolation, hopelessness, yeah. um, uncertainty. Um, financial struggle, some of them anyway. And I think with COVID, a lot of that has happened. And I think a lot of men maybe deal with mental health but is by going to the footy and talking to mm. their friends and exercising, going to the gym and all, yeah. doing sports. And all of that was shut down. And I think they probably had some underlying things and now all their coping strategies were taken away. Yeah. So I think they were kind of like left, especially if, you know, they lost jobs and things like that. Yeah, for 100%. A lot of sadness out yeah. there. Yeah. Not well, everyone can start a podcast like we did. Should have. Should have come Maybe they should have. Was that well, younger yeah. guys you're saying? Younger well? guys, yeah. I'm going to say like mid-20s onwards. Bloody hell, isn't that awful? Yeah. So much yeah. sadness out there. How do they get in contact with you nowadays? Like, Mm, it's harder media, media, <laughs> usually it? social yeah. media word of mouth yeah yeah um so i still see people as a counselor because that's not regulated in australia like you can choose to be under a body but you don't have to be yeah. as long as you've got the qualifications so i just do that now and i get to say what i want i probably couldn't be here today if i was <laughs> well yeah, i could yeah. be here but i'd be very careful like i couldn't share what i just shared you know yeah, yeah. yeah. probably have to have someone it's, else sit next to you or something yeah that's well, yeah. Well, we had a we've had policemen on mm. with the same type of issue, and they were saying abs- nothing controversial yep. either, you know. But yep. everything, uh, they the police had to be painted in a positive light, and it's all just spin and just mm-hmm. where's the integrity, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You tell to, the truth. Tell the truth, you know. Yeah. And if you, if you're uh, obviously care about your job, you should be able to say things, you know. You're not in the, you're not a psychologist to harm people, no. do you? You know, it's not. Well, you don't go in to you do that. So. <laughs> Every job has its. Sh- like sucky points like mm. there's no perfect job that yeah you know and i think because the road to psychology to becoming registered is so long that people are just accepting it so yeah. you do like uh, at least six years at uni and then you might do an internship of two depending on which way you go so it can take a long time and cost a lot of money so people are probably also worried about that I was just talking to um, Gary today about it, the naturopath about um, yeah, yeah. GPs. Love Gary. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, well, he's basically saying the same thing, that they can't say anything, especially if they're mm. Medicare or something. Mm-hmm. They have to, if someone comes in presenting this situation, they have to give them these drugs. You know, they're not mm. really allowed to, well, they don't actually do, I think they do eight hours and a whole degree on nutrition. Mm. You know, yeah, that's not long enough. Is it? Like, and what's the th- one thing mm. you can do straight away to help yourself is, you know, yeah. is nutrition. So if change doesn't... We don't do anything on it. We, yeah. We didn't do with zero in psychology. That is zero. crazy, especially with the yeah. research now on gut bacteria and mental health. Mm-hmm. You, and what, what's going on? So there's some <laughs> yes. systemic problem there, isn't yeah. there? Do you think it's yeah. that 
you know, we blame everything on pharmaceutical companies mainly because they they're profit making enterprises mm-hmm. rather than health enterprises. They mm. they're share like shareholder driven, so they need to make a profit. Mm-hmm. And selling people broccoli is not their game. Really, <laughs> That's right. Know, so. yeah. And I think psychology is going into more of a medical model as well. So oh, more sure. recently, they're pushing clinical psychologist over general psychologist. Yeah. Um, and Which, what's the difference? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> There really isn't, but okay. the I guess they see it as the clinical psychologists see the harder cases. It's got schizophrenia, bipolar. Okay. We still do. I've worked with all of those, but they're more likely to be based in like a hospital rather than in a private practice. Although, like you can find them in both. Yeah. But I feel like they're going the same way, and then incorporating psychiatry, which is pharmaceuticals. That's basically different. So, mm-hmm. yeah, psychiatrists will give you medication. Yes, uh, and okay. the psychologist will talk to you. Okay. Uh, yeah. And with the psychology, does it work? You know, I think so. Yeah. I, I do. I think the, it depends on the psychologist. Yeah. So we know that like, there's research that shows that whether what you're doing with a client is going to work or not, 60% of it is your rapport with them. Yeah. So pretty much if they want to talk to you and like you, they're going to get better, 60% of it. And the other 40% is your skills. So I think where it can go wrong is when people are really rigid. Um, yeah. Some psychologists mm. only believe in one kind of school of thought. I think... I don't know. I personally just mix and match depending on the person that comes to me. And that's why I was sort of going into sports psychology as well because yeah. I wanted to have, to have another angle. Mm. Well, and also, like, this might sound a bit weird, but you're not allowed to touch, uh, in the, you know, and like human touch. You need to hug sometimes, you know. I hug. You do hug? Yeah, oh, I hug. Good. But yeah. you're out of that framework, aren't you? No, so. I did it even then. Yeah? Because I guess the rule is no harm done. So sometimes mm. it can be more harmful not to return a hug. Yeah. And you can you can sense whether it's yeah. So you've got to use you know, your empathy anyway. Yeah, right? and, yeah, and yeah. Figure yeah. out what this person needs. Mm. Yeah, and that's where being less rigid would be a benefit because yes. not everyone's the same. They no, don't, they don't need the same treatment. I guess that's right. And I feel like the clinical psychologist, <laughs> the ones that I've met, are more the whole. Mm. And what do you think about that? <laughs> oh. but, and I'm like. <laughs> That and sounds exactly every like movie. You know? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, oh. you just repeat it back. And to then them. it's like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Paraphrasing. And then, you know, what does this say about that situation? You're like, fuck. <laughs> you know, and yeah. I. Why am I paying this person? <laughs> yeah. Well, I more believe that you share because mm. I don't want that person to feel different to me. And they, I believe that the other person is the expert, not me. I'm not the expert. They yeah. know themselves better than I ever will. This is just for me to hold a space and ask some questions and get somewhere. And make them comfortable. It's not comfortable to sit across from someone. No, and just. And again, this is where my walk and talk therapy came in. Mm. I also didn't. I didn't even feel comfortable as the psychologist with the pen and paper. Like how unnatural. Were they laying down? No. (laughs) That's just like the movie image. (laughs) No, that's like a specific type of therapy but no but it's still awkward like you're in this little room there's a pen and paper yes and then i'd I'd notice like i would take notes more for myself than the client because i wanted to remember something that they said or come back to it yeah um, or use a certain tool with it and then i could see it was just breaking up the session because they'd be like shit what did she write what What did i say say where's this going like you know um so i found i find walking easier did so are you part of a group the walk um 
the walking therapy group. So what's the name of the... Yeah, no, I'm not business? part of a group. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Sort of a cult. No. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 actually it's... my son went and, and did it. He might, you might have worked with him. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, so walking along the beach down by Novotel. Yeah. So, yeah. It's what? probably my old business. Yeah, I've sold it now. But oh, yeah. have you? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and that, he, like he was 16 at the time, going through all types of issues. Yeah. And uh, it worked with him, you know, it helped him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure how much, if it was you, how much you got out of him, but he came back mm. okay, you know. Yeah. It helped because he was. Yeah. And it's a, a bit of exercise too, which would. And yes. Especially for guys who are not looking each other in the eye. Yes. You know, you can you, a point, you're walking, and this. Mm. Yes. It's a very, like what we're doing. <laughs> so yeah. We're, yeah. yeah, but this is like more chilled than. <laughs> yeah, it's more. Well, it might get more intense later, but you know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I notice, you know, if we're having a good talk, it's normally in the car or something. It's yes. Like, you know. And so, moving. Yeah. And I felt like. I would sit there with clients and say, go for a walk. Like, it's really good for you. And they'd be excited. They would never do it. Yeah. So I used to also bring my dog to the office um, when he was like a puppy. And I noticed that the clients would really be relaxed around him. Yeah. And I kind of used him as an excuse. To go for a walk. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny, like, how it all fell in place. My office had, like, um, beach paintings and ocean candles, ocean breeze, I think it was called. (laughs) And I used to play nature (laughs) sounds and then had my dog. And then I used to love going for a walk myself and doing it all. And then one day I was like, I'm just going to do this. Took her for a walk. And within three months of that, um, I'd shut the office down, went to the beach, um, trialed it, got a business partner, took over myself. And then within three years, we served over 3,000 clients. Yeah. Um, five areas and other psychologists and nice. all of that stuff. Yeah. And then you sold it. And I had a baby and it all went to shit. Bloody kids. We're just talking about the babies. <laughs> we have no time, man. <laughs> the kids. They're wonderful, but. Just what you think you can do when you can do. Yeah. 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 And you just can't, you know. You, like, yeah. Yeah, come out tonight or say, well, we've got a jam night. Like, no, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've got two hours once a week to do this, and that's yep. it, man. Yeah. Pretty much. Yep. <laughs> Very restricted. Yeah. Well, that's what it was for me, and the business was going so well. I just didn't want to ruin it. Like, it was yeah. doubling in revenue, doubling each revenue every year, and wow. it was going really yep. well. So I thought I may as well end it when it's there. And yeah. then I continued um, the walk and talk stuff, and now work with other therapists all over the world and teach them how to do it themselves. Ah. So it's kind of cool because my goal was always to get it everywhere. So and that, you, you came up with this? Yes. Like, it wasn't a thing before? No, it wasn't. Wow, that's why that's crazy. I've, that's why I've got that's, the website and the yeah. social media handle because it wasn't a thing. So when yeah. I thought of it, I was like, well, this has to be a thing. It's that it's good. It's got to be a thing. Yeah. Like, this yeah. is so it's good. All, yeah. And there was just nothing around. So I was like, oh, well, I'll just slowly chip away and find a way to do it. And Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. So now you're worldwide. Yeah. Your idea is it's left the yeah. Yeah. It's left the nest. It's nest. There's it's some uh, worse <clears throat> there's some worse uh, what's the fucking word? I don't I'm know if worse is a word. It's not a word, <laughs> is it? I think worse uh, is so yeah, business Yeah. You know. Yeah, out yeah. There. And I think in co in COVID a lot of therapists have taken to it because it's outside and people haven't been doing Walking and yeah, and you save on offices as well. So yeah, well, that is yeah. a major and perk. Get, get a bit of exercise. Much easier to scale a business when you don't have to mm. get an office Rent for each a location. Room or yeah, mm. we could even just go to botanic gardens, I suppose, and, and like you could sit, sit yeah. somewhere night. Like we're we're, mm-hmm. we're natural beings. I find myself if I'm moody, 
I get the urge to go up to the Southern Highlands and go to the forest there mm-hmm. and just be in the forest. And I, the excuse is to look for mushrooms. I do a bit of mushrooming, foraging mm. and that. But in reality, I just like walking around the forest, man. Yeah. You know, and, and this is one of the few places, the forest and the cemeteries, where there's no advertising. So yeah. you can walk around. And the no cemetery, reckon? No advertising? Not even on the no. tombstones? <laughs> there will be if we get our idea. Well, my brother's got this great idea. We won't talk about it. But cemeteries are quite – yeah, I used to walk um, – yeah. all my kids through the cemetery. Yeah, when they're in the pram, mm. I've like, been daddy daycare mm. for a while. And it's just a really mellow place. And it is. The imagination kicks in when you're reading these old 100-year-old headstones and, mm. and all these – amazing lives mm. I don't know and it is a very quiet place, I talked man. to somebody no that works um, at a cemetery and she said the same thing she finds like she lo- she's like I love my job and I was like okay yeah. and she yeah. said it's just humbling and a reminder and and she said it's always a really nice experience so I think it keep you grounded yeah yeah for sure yeah <laughs> literally <laughs> yeah. so you were nine years old when you came to australia no nine i was no? like 15 15 15 so oh. but you were nine when you left bosnia. bosnia yes so it was a long time to get here i thought yeah i've been i've lived in um so we lived in bosnia then we got to croatia then we went to germany then we went back to got sent back home other to things. Bosnia again. Yeah, and we couldn't go there because even though it was considered safe. Is that... No, I was living in a place called Kakanyan. It's about 30, 40, say 40 minutes out of Sarajevo, so okay. out of the capital. Um, yeah, where things yeah, no, were going Sarajevo. On. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we lived there, and um, during the conflict in the early 90s, we yeah. kind of got stuck there because um, we couldn't get out until the borders were opened up, until the peace treaty and everything was signed. So Wow. So, yeah. so that was – do you remember much of it? Yeah, I remember a lot of it. Yeah, <laughs> I've you? got a really good memory of it, yeah. So 1992 it kicked off, wasn't yes, it? Yes, 92. My little brother was born right into it. Oh. Yeah, that was fun. Was it kicking off in your town? Yeah, well, I, I vividly remember, you know, like – watching it on TV, like seeing that there's conflict and talk about it. And I remember my dad saying to my mum, it's never going to happen here. And then two weeks later, we got bombed. So shit, it was, yeah. um, it kind of happened really quickly. People started leaving, but everyone was doing the whole, oh, they're just being scared and yeah. it's not going to happen. And then it did happen. And once it happened, whoever didn't get out and or tried to get out, you know, were kind of either stuck or you were taking the risk of yeah. With your, your being captured. So Bosnia... It's got a, like there's a lot of ethnicities there, but under so so how did it start? Yeah, because a lot had, of people don't, yeah, know, don't know, yeah, especially from Australia. Like, yeah, it wasn't well covered, and I think most of us no. were really young. Yeah, no, when it was kicking well, off, I was, I was yeah. kind of young, I suppose. You I remember were, you were like twenty eight. Yeah, I was 50 <laughs> at the time. <laughs> I remember, t- so you, it was former Yugoslavia. Well, yes. It was Yugoslavia at the time. Um, World War Two kicked off. There was no Yugoslavia before World War Two. Oh, I wouldn't even know that. Oh. No, after Tito oh. was after World War II. Yeah. So Tito came Tito, and joined it all yes, together. Yes, everyone the 80s, loved him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's really interesting, isn't it? Mm. And even, we don't hear a lot about Tito. We hear a lot about dictators and stuff, but not a lot about Tito, because I think he might have been all right. You know, one of the first, well, the claims of fame, is that I think he defeated the Kiwis or, or something in New Zealand's what happened at the end of World War Two is the um the English basically went and yeah, it's horrible to say, but they went and wiped out all the people that were fighting the Nazis or the Italian, um, you know, the guerrillas mm. and all that type mm. of stuff because most of them were socialists and they didn't want them. And when it came to Yugoslavia, 
uh, the New Zealanders had a job of trying to take out Tito, and that didn't work. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if they ever got into a hot battle with him and all that. But yeah, right. Um, mm. So do you think it was his force of personality that, that kept all these people together? Yeah, and I, and I think as a um, country, we're very community-focused. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a group mentality versus an individual culture. So I yeah, think people yeah. responded well to all the communism and mm. <laughs> that side of things. Well, like, yeah, it's got They felt nice safe and... Yeah, it didn't feel like a dictatorship or anything like that. And so he passed away in the early 80s. Yep. And things started, started to, to. Yeah, that's come what apart. everyone reckons that when he passed away, that it was sort of going down. There was some rumbling happened and yep. then the wall yeah. fell over. Yeah. And that's when, from what I could see, Serbia wanted to keep it all together. And everyone else wanted to go their own, their own way. Is that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think. Everyone wanted their own country. Yeah. Because that's what it ended up being in the end. Yeah, I think yeah. they each find their own flag kind of thing. Yeah, each religion, because it was religious, yeah. like it was based on religion. Yeah. I think like Slovenia got to just they peace went. out and yeah. we're just not going to have anything to do with it, but everyone else was fighting for land. So <sighs> if you crazy. were in Bosnia, they wanted that to be a Muslim-dominated country. If you were in Croatia, they wanted that to be a Catholic one. And then if you were Serbia, it was Greek Orthodox. And then whoever oh, was in the okay. wrong place, if you were... Unless you were those religions, they mm. just killed so you. So, what was Bosnia before the war kicked off? Like in, like uh, the religious group. Well, the it was it was still majority Muslims because yeah. we used to be Turkey. So, yeah. um, oh, did it? Yeah, the yeah, Ottomans back oh, okay. in the yeah, but um, but there was a mixture. There was a there was Serbs then, Catholic people as well. But the did majority. Did your parents were, say there was always a bit of tension, or was it okay? No, no, there wasn't. My dad's best friend was. A Muslim. Yeah, so the um, do you think it's when things got a bit tougher? You know, like communism fell and the, like if everyone's having barbecues, that's my idea, no one really wants to rock the boat. Everything's going great. Mm. But as soon as the pressure comes on a bit, these things, these fractions can, can come come out. Yeah, and there were mixed marriages. Like that well, that's all, what you want to have happen, isn't it? That was it? all know, happening, you, yeah. Yeah, that's how you I join think, a country together. I think people were still, they're quite, stick to their religion down there. Like even now you'll find that, you know, from wherever they are, they're religious. Um, But there were no issues until that happened. And actually initially there wasn't so many issues, but then um, the more it was happening, the more people got divided. So we found that our friends were turning our backs, their backs on us because if they'd... Because of religion? Well, no, if they tried to help us, then they would get killed and that Uh, has happened. So, yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah, that's, that's fucking wild, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. there was there was that's one instance. How I don't know, like I don't want to scare people when I no, talk go, about some of the stories. That's good. <laughs> no, no, it's good. Yeah, like so. For example, um, one morning we woke up and there was like a big rock in front of that door, and we know that if there's a random rock in front of your door, there's usually a bomb underneath that if you lift it up, you'll basically Shit. die. Yeah, and um, so that did happen. And then my one of my dad's friends who was a Muslim, um, he called him to come and help. And he was in the army and he was like, yeah, yeah, I can sort this out. And then he um, he sorted it out and then he disappeared. And then... What do you mean disappeared? He just disappeared. And then my dad had to identify his body. Oh, shit. And he only could recognise him by his belt because he was drilled to death. Drilled to death? Yeah. Fucking asshole. So yeah. when that happens, nobody's ever no, talking to you right. or helping you again, right? So that's the kind of things that they used to yeah. do. Yeah. And I think in any population there's going to be 
0.5% that are complete fucking psychos. I don't oh, know, you yeah. probably know. And, and yeah, wartime, in and wartime data out. ones yeah. that come to the front, man. They love it too. Yeah. They fucking love it. And nuts. it's really scary because I, I say that you put a good person into the right circumstances, they'll do some bad yeah. shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, um, no one knows how you how you would act in yeah. that situation, really, and either. It, you know? And initially, you know, um, when things like that kept happening, because like my dad's best friend brought someone over to try and kill us um and initially thinking back on it i was like how like i considered him like an uncle you know i grew up with him and then but as i got older i understood like now i know that if he didn't do that then his family would have been at risk so what do you do yeah so what happened there Oh, he, they just, they were looking up for my dad and dad was in hiding at the time because what they were doing is they were recruiting all the men. Um, a lot of the men that tried to escape were captured and then whichever side chose to take them, they had to sort of fight. And my dad was just not ever going to have any part of it. So he was hiding for a while. Um, they also like pumped them with drugs and anyway, it's pretty, yeah, yeah. pretty bad. Yeah, so um, they were looking for him and then um, anyway, he told him we, they thought it was a good idea to threaten us and mum um, and then told this he told the guy where to go and then the guy came back and we, my mum pretty much opened the door with three kids so I would have been, say, eight, my brother would have been 11 and the little one would have only been like one and we opened the door to a guy holding a gun to our heads oh, shit. and then he said, he was a bit older and then he said, oh, fuck, I can't do this. I've got grandkids their age and just walked away. What? And we yeah. were just like, okay, that was, was close. Gonna, was kill you. <laughs> that was close, you know. Yeah. So and things he saw like a bit that. of humanity left in him. Mm. Yeah. So it feels like, I feel like my story is not as extreme as other people's because people did die. Yeah. And like we had things happen around us, but we somehow got through. Like, it's and straight I th- through. Yeah, and I think we were lucky in that we were in an area that had a lot of Muslims. So like the villages so it was kind of hilly where we lived and you could see other mountains and you could see people being dragged out of their houses and things like that but because we were right amongst it well in their words we were kept for dessert so they said we'll get to you last sort of thing because it was interrupting their neighborhoods i guess Oh, so, okay, I see. Yeah, yeah. Because all our neighbours, yeah, neighbors, yeah, yeah. So they were kind of going to the more remote, isolated places first. And these are these just militias, just local guys? Just it's not actually an army coming neighbors through. Neighbours and... Everything, a bit of everything. Because everybody it? was, if you were male, you were in the army. It that, was, you're just, yeah. You were in, yeah. you dragged them. Yeah, yeah. Bloody hell. Yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> and it's right there beneath the surface. And that's why you've got to watch these mad dogs that try and whip up racism and shit like oh, that. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. once the rule of law's gone, we're all fucked, you know? Yeah. And um, <clears throat> very dangerous stuff. Yeah. You know, Trumpy, as wonderful as he was, that type of dangerous. rhetoric is yeah. fucking really dangerous. Yeah. And it's, I think I found it um, really interesting when we moved here, all of that, like Croatians, Serbians, and even people talking like even teenagers talking about it, and I was like what are you doing we like the people that have been through this never want to go through it again like I have yeah, friends yeah. who are Muslims and Serbs now like I they, don't ever want to go people through that people haven't gone through it I think it's a football yeah, match or yeah. something you know? it's like yeah. they've no idea and they'd say things like yeah my family was there and I was like shut up like yeah, you, you, were, you were too fuck off yeah, like, yeah absolutely you know you don't even know what you're talking about I do remember when I was an apprentice I think he mm. was this mass I think he was Macedonian okay and he was saying about he was an older guy and he was saying how he'd walk around with an AK-47 and just shoot 
at yeah. random, and I was just like, "You're fucking, yeah, you are crazy." Yeah. No, yeah. no remorse. Like he had no emotion about it. It was just. Mm. Like, but I think like, when you use, if you're using a psychologist mind, what what happens to someone? Like how, they get to a state because they're in a state of stress, but afterwards, when they feel numb and stuff, mm. you know, does that humanity go, or does that higher function of being able to judge what you did? Because otherwise, if if you've done terrible things, how do you live with yourself? Yeah. I know people that have done terrible things that are living around here with themselves that you wouldn't even know. Quite well, that yeah. are living normal lives. I do think they've got trauma that they're not the same. Yeah. as who they were before, and I don't think there ever will be. Like, it's hard to forget that stuff. But a lot of it was drug-induced. Drugs were a big part yeah, of it. Yeah, a big part, that they would take things and be shot up with things. And yeah. who, was, who was supplying all the drugs? Well, whoever, whichever army you win. Yeah. It's going on who. now, like ISIS. They were a, a crack down their bloody brains, mm. yeah. those guys, the terrible things they were doing. Well, yeah. I reckon the Nazis were too. Yeah. They, were, Amphet- they call it the amphetamine I wars. think the, the Japanese invented crack, wasn't it? Or uh, amphetamine, like there was the young 15-year-olds yeah, doing kamikaze shit. They're off their brains. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and generally it's old men getting these young guys to go kill themselves, you know. And, mm. um, it's far out. Yeah, yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. And I and I know my dad uh, when he escaped, he was saying like he met some people that he knew at the pub, and they were parading teeth and things. And he was like, they were off their head. And he was Fuck. like, what are you like? Who are you? What is this? But they were just not. They weren't. They're there. not the same people. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah. they were not there. So. Oh my god, that's awful. So yeah, yeah. How did he escape? Your dad on a bus, <laughs> like when I say on a bus, he didn't sit on a bus. <laughs> he, yeah. He's got a ticket. No, nah, nah, he didn't get a ticket. We knew a neighbour who was smuggling people out, oh, yeah. um, and he got on the bus. So in the luggage underneath, um, or in the toilets. So what they would do is when they would normally travel in the luggage or in the toilet, and then when they would reach a border, they would have to hide. <coughs> So the guy would pay off. So what he would do is his strategy was um, he would lead the army to the toilet so it wasn't sus that somebody might be in there. Yeah, okay. And he would pay them off and give them a bit of money so they don't do much searching and then that's how they would cross each border. And my dad said that every time that they stopped, he said there was two of us and one would, would be sitting down like this and the other one would be standing in between the other one's legs. And he said there was like a little window up the top, and he's like, I used to just think, like, if I just move, like, if my shade, like, there's a shadow or something that moves, that's it. And he's like, you know what I thought? I'm going to fucking die in a toilet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty like bad. Yeah. yeah. He said that there was one, because it took ages to get across, because that trip that normally takes about, what, seven hours, took days. And he said there was one point that there was in the, it was the middle of the night, and the guy just pulled over on a big grass field and just said, get out. And kicked the two of them out and just took off. And he was like, oh, shit. Like, he didn't say anything, didn't say he's coming back. So he's like, we were there for hours going, like, we don't know where to go. Because we, yeah. we had one cigarette, we were too scared to light it so nobody can yeah. see that we were actually there. So I think what he did was um, he went, like, through the border, but some other avenue opened and then returned back and then picked them up once it was checked. And, oh, uh, okay, yeah. That's so he hadn't just left them. Ditched no, them. No, but no. didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah. That would have been Didn't horrendous. have time to explain, I guess. Oh, yeah, my God. They may not have been there. Yeah, imagine if they just started walking, like walking off. But where? Yeah, where to? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's crazy. How many borders is it? To, oh, 
there wouldn't be many now. There would be like two or three, but back then it, there were checkpoints everywhere, every city, yeah. every. I remember yeah. it was ninety two. It wasn't me. It was mates of mine. We were doing an OE, and they decided to go over there for some reason, drive around <laughs> Eastern Europe. And um, they got stuck between Bosnia and Serbia or something, a couple of drunk Kiwis in their shitty car. And um, and they went through one checkpoint and there was like a no man's land and then they weren't allowed into mm. the next one. And it's, they were yeah. stuck in the fucking middle, man. And he and Colin reckons, wakes up in the middle of the night and there's a machine gun in his mouth. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, and they had no idea what the fuck was going on. And luckily some Serbian dude came along and they gave him all their credit cards and passports and mm-hmm. said, can you please just get us the fuck out of here? And he, he was a good guy and he went and got some money and, and bribed everyone and let them out. But they were stuck in no man's land for like two or three days. Wow. How long ago was this? That was 90... No, it wouldn't have been 92. It was... Oh, like, back well, then. God. Yeah, it would have been... No, it was a bit later, man. It would have been 98 or something like that. Yeah. Because things were... I mean, things are still going on. I was there... Yeah. Through, well, when I was pregnant with Noah, she's three now, so maybe like four years ago. Yeah. And we were going to go visit my grandma in Bosnia and we won the border there. And Nathan, that you've met my husband, who's yeah. got no idea. Well, he's got idea, but I don't think he realises how corrupt that country still is. Yeah. So he was like... We were at the border and they basically said, you can't go through. I'm like, yeah, we can. And they were trying to say that we didn't have the registration papers for the rental. Nobody's going to give you registration papers for the rental car. You can just sign it over. And, yeah, yeah. Right? So um, they basically just made up a reason and they said, go over the bridge where the no man's land you're talking about. And yeah. But you've got to walk back like hundreds of metres and then they can park the car. He's like, well, you go, you go. And I was like, I'm not coming back if I go. And he's like, but I don't speak the language, so you just go. And I was like, all right, I'll just go. And then I went there and they were like, oh, come in this room. I'm like, I'm not going in the room. Because I love there's No, I'm not going in there with three men. Like, oh, we just need to talk to you, which is what they want to do when they want you to give them some money because they would have seen our passports, they're Australian. Nathan's name is Nathan Miller, like – they yeah. probably thought that, you know, I've never been back home and I'm easy yeah, to yeah. manipulate or something. And, um, yeah, because I didn't, they wouldn't let us through, so I had to drive all the way back and my grandma ended up catching a bus and yeah. meeting us elsewhere. So. <laughs> oh, I was watching this, um, doing a bit of a research on Bosnia today, and there's a this young guy there, and he does, like, top ten things to do in Bosnia. So he's a really cool young cat, mm. but he was just saying the fucking corruption is unbelievable mm-hmm. there. Um, 54% unemployment. Mm-hmm. they got three oh. presidents. So oh. they decided it was a great idea. Up. There was a while there. There wasn't anyone in, yeah. in charge for ages, like six months or something. Yeah, and there's some good people trying to do good things and combine people, but there's so many old assholes over mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. that want to keep this shit and keep young people dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. And that's why so many young people mm-hmm. are moving out yeah. and going to the other countries. And well, that's the main there. source of income for Bosnia, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Is um, people sending money home. Yeah? Yeah, there's 54% unemployment. Basically, it's failed state. No resources there, really, or... Well, humans are the resource, though. <laughs> you know, like, that's what people forget. Is yeah, you can have all the resources in the world if you don't have people to use them. That's right. You know, yeah. like, I think the touristy towns do a little bit better because they still have people coming over from, like, Germany yeah. and Italy. Um, but yeah. but there's st- it's still not a settled deal. There's, it's still... No, it's horrible. Uh, like it's, people it's, are still trying to get out. It's yeah. not good. Because it's, I don't think Serbia is still happy of what's going on, and like the, I think Clinton brokered some type of crazy deal, which just is not workable. Mm-hmm. So I, they almost need a new Tito, you know. Yeah, is it Serbia that have got the sixth century grudge? Oh, I wouldn't <laughs> know. Well, <laughs> this podcast I was listening to <clears throat> on on the Bosnian War, and yeah, this yeah. guy was saying, yeah. 
I think it was Slobodan was using this grudge that was six centuries long ago. Mm. Probably. And he bring it up like... That's what wogs do. We yeah. hold on to shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. Like, can't people just let shit go? Like, yeah, it's probably just an not... excuse. Yeah, it was. It, it was, was just yeah, I think it was a It's always about resources, really, when you look at yeah. it. And also the Yanks wanted to get in there. You know, um, what they want to go in there? Well, they wanted because the Soviet Union had just broken up, and so that was all. There's so many resources around yeah. the whole area, and yeah, that, we didn't so. like them. Even in there, they were peacekeeping. They were doing just as much corrupt stuff as everyone yeah. else. So it was like when, once the war fell down, it wasn't fun for anyone in the east, and the, you know, and they, they all wanted the, the genes in that from the west, from what I can see. But mm. then they kind of I think a lot of them I don't know got some Russian friends in that and they miss it mm. you know they, they miss communism and stuff yeah. like, you know well you didn't have to pay for electricity and shit you got holidays you free know, schooling yeah. free free yeah. everything so medical was, long maternity it's not really free you work everyone yeah. had a job yeah. like there's not no homeless people but everyone worked and then yeah. massive taxation but you don't need a lot of money because everything's taken care of and, yeah. and um, so I think there's a lot of homeless people. Good and bad, eh? Yeah, it's good and bad. You know, mm. I think there's the Norwegians, like you're saying, you need social, a bit of both. Yeah. Man, you know, you need mm. a big safety net and and mm. try and bring out the human potential in everyone. Yeah. You know, no homeless. You don't need homeless, man. Norway's got no homeless people. Mm. That's, it. That's amazing. When I went there, they're like, don't give them any money because they're they're just acting. They they have they like, have jobs. They have jobs. They have housing. It's just an extra sidekick, <laughs> and they dress in rags just for fun. They just pretty much practicing like, some drama. Give money. <laughs> they, they are taken care of here. Yeah. How how did you go? So God, you're a teenager over there during all this shit, you know. So it's a crazy time in your life, anyway. Well, I was only so I was only like seven when it started, and by the time it was finished, I was ten. Oh, okay. So and then in then you're in uh, Germany and other yeah, countries. Yeah, yeah. So okay. we went to. It's interesting. We went to Croatia, but to them we were Bosnian. So Bosnia wanted to kill us because we were Croatian to them. Yeah. And oh, then Croatian shit. didn't want us because we were Bosnian because oh, we had a yeah. Bosnian passport. So then my parents just said, like, we. St- I think we stayed there with family for maybe six months, not even that long, and we couldn't get into school, and we had already missed out on so much school because of the war and stuff. And yeah. So you're just no hiding work. out, basically. Yeah, we spent the majority of that three years in a basement. Yeah. Your basement? <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh because it's safer. You know, yeah. if you get bombed, then there's more to sort of go through than if you're on the top level of the house. Yeah. So the and basement was the safest. They're fighting street to street? Sometimes, yeah. Like sometimes we'd get people run up to our basement, especially at night, and say, you know, they're this far away. And, and there were many nights where my parents would say, like, this might be it, kids, sort of thing. And we'd always go to bed dressed so we can run off and yeah. be ready to go. And I just read this terrible thing. There's a guy in Gaza and he's like a, a YouTuber and he's a pretty cool cool cat. And his last ever post was, it happened two nights ago, and he goes, the bombs are getting closer. I think this is mm. going to be it. Um, if I've fucked anyone off in my life, I didn't mean to, man. I'm yeah. all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was it, man. Yeah. You know, so yeah. the shit's still going on. Yeah. Um, do you think that that experience affected you? You know, um, obviously it did affect you, but your, your yeah. choice in work. Yeah, I knew. Like I, I weirdly knew we were going to be okay. I don't know if that's just the kid in me that didn't grasp the how big everything yeah, was that yeah. was going on. But I was always, I don't know, I've always been a pretty positive person, even in though in that situation. So I was always like, we'll be all right, and we'll get out, and we'll get out of here one day. 
Um, but I knew that when I get out, I'll spend my life helping other people in some way, shape or form. And that's pretty much all I've ever done. So, yeah. yeah. And I always knew, like, yeah, I, I had like a jo- I used to write journals, like even um, with my friends, like heaps reading them, like year six. And we used to write in a journal, then pass it, then the other would write. Yeah. And um, a friend of mine in Germany, we, she wrote that she'd be a social worker. And I said I was going to be a psychologist and... Wow. We, um, <laughs> Way back she then. became a social worker and yeah. I became a psychologist. <laughs> oh, have you read <laughs> that knew. journal? Oh, I have, but it's pretty it's pretty boring to be honest. <laughs> 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 what did you do at school? Oh, what about God. this tea? Like, it was, yeah. But anyway, yeah, it wasn't that good. But they're good, like I journal. Yeah. yeah. I only so started good. when my son was real little. Like yeah. maybe a couple of months old. Yeah. And, yeah, I've missed a couple of months here and there, but I've yeah, always... Yeah. I've yeah, tried. Like I've started so many diaries, man. And yeah. I realised that I think my diaries is when I write songs because I do write songs yeah. a lot, and then I look back at them and... That, They're your I, journals. I yeah. always thought they were about nothing and I was just making the shit up, but they were always about pertinent something. about what was yeah. going on in my life mm. at the time, so... Surely psychology says something about journals. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good way to let things out, and I think it's a way for your mind to stop thinking about certain things. There's something weird that happens... Once you put it on paper, it's like, like your brain, you yeah, and acknowledges yeah. that you've got it. Maybe Otherwise, maybe so it doesn't have to keep reminding you of certain things. Yeah. Maybe bombing full of fucking journals over there. Yeah, stop fighting. So good. Get over shit. So good. But yeah, I I've always kept one. I think I was saying to you when I was yeah. um, so when I went back over when I was pregnant, I um, I ended up going by myself and seeing my grandmother and seeing family, and I went back to our family house. Wow. And um. It what was, was like? oh, free. It looked a lot much smaller than I remembered. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were little, but yeah. Um, yeah, everything was still. Most things were there. Like a lot of things, it's been broken into. So you know they'll take valuables and so it was abandoned. Washing machine motors. Um, yeah, yeah. So we left, and then we had a, some family living there for a bit, but nobody's living there for a little while. We've yeah. got family that lives nearby. Um, that kind of keeps an eye on it, but you can't really. Like, there's been junkies that have been in there. And yeah. my parents kind of used to go back over, fix it all up, and then what's make the, it nice for the them. Point? Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. Good junkies. Oh, they fixed it for us again. Oh, nice. You can <laughs> take no all the things. Can sell it, really. There's no. Oh, it wouldn't estate. be worth much. Yeah. And I think at this point, my parents are just emotionally attached. They, yeah. they kept saying, oh, we'll wait till all the grandparents pass away because it'll break their heart if we sell it. And now that they've passed away, they're still doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So, on. how are they going? They they miss home, obviously. So they miss what it used to be, or yeah, they they often talk about going back, or they have this dream of like spending time there. But whenever they have gone back, they've done the whole. It's not what it was. It's moved along. It's not, like I, yeah. I'm a expat, like you know, and uh, New Zealand to Australia is hardly a big change. Yeah. But even then, you know, same place, isn't it? Same same place. But once you leave your home. You're never quite the same, you know. Yeah, like it's you're always kind of a bit ungrounded. Uh, um, mm. But then, you know, New Zealand's okay, and we, uh, like Haley and I, are talking about living six months there and six months here. Yeah, and um, that might be doable. That's so but, funny. That's what my parents say they're going to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> you dream of it, but I don't think it's ever going to. No, you know, um, at least you could retire there because they've got a way better retirement scheme over there than here. Oh, do they? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Yeah, they, <laughs> they put you on a little pension. And you get to keep your money. You don't have to bleed oh, it out. Yeah, yeah. So if you've got two mil, you move over there <laughs> and done. Yeah, it's not very good for all the poor people over there <laughs> working for 10 bucks a fucking hour. Um, yeah, but it, 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 something changes. There's something to be said for staying in one place, you know. Mm. Um, 
and making all these connections and because all mine broke, you yeah, know, when I moved, same. and I had to re- reset them all. And yeah. uh, those ki- those friendships you make when you're young, and especially in the teenage years, mm-hmm. they're, they're generally the lifelong ones. I think, you know. Yeah, I agree, and it's a weird feeling. Like I don't feel, I don't know. Um, I imagine other refugees will feel this way, but I never feel like I belong anywhere. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm not like anyone here. I'm not like anyone there. Because when I go over there now, I'm Australian to them. Yeah. yeah. And then when I'm here, I'm like, I'm not really like anyone yeah, here either. Does anyone it's feel, weird. you know, like I don't think anyone feels they belong anywhere, you know? Like, yeah, but I, I think like with what you're saying, when you've lived somewhere, you have that, mm. around, that familiarity around you and a comfort. I don't have yeah. that, like... I Google okay. most places still. To, yeah. to Bosnia, that place it's has changed. changed. It's not That's the same right. place. What was it like you know? pre-war? Well, for me as a kid, it was amazing because like, I pretty much spent all my time in the mountains and outside. and It's a beautiful place. Just being yeah. in nature and it was very self-sufficient. Like My parents had jobs, but we had animals and gardens and all that kind of stuff. So it was, yeah, well, I have really good yeah. memories yeah, of yeah, it before. What did your parents do there? Uh, dad was like a power plant um, manager, I guess you would say. Um, his el- original trade is as an electrician. I say that because he's done a million things since then <laughs> yeah. in that field. But um, And then mum was working in finance for like the local courthouse and she's now a cleaner. So oh. that's what happens <laughs> when you mm. leave. Escape, yeah. Yeah. No. yeah, most people end up doing something Menial else. Menial jobs, mm. which are the hardest the hardest jobs to do because I did cleaning for a bit and it sucked. I was that bad at it. The girls, the Filipino ladies used to sit me down in a room. <laughs> don't move. Like, don't fucking worry about that. You know, really nice. You're making too much mess. <laughs> oh, they were machines, you know, and, um, yeah. and especially when COVID they, hurt, you know. They you should see, be on more money, man. They, well, you should because mm. did they get any more money for risking their lives if no, they, they clean don't. hotel rooms? No. I don't fucking no. think so. They no just, one even mentioned it. No, but they get more hours. They get more good on <laughs> They get to use their life like, up for yeah. Us. Yeah. You don't have to sleep anymore because we've got more. <laughs> 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 It'd be sweet. Oh, oh yes. So um, but, yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to say. When I went back home, I found a diary that I wrote. So not – yeah, it was like a diary. It was like a little notebook. How did you find that? Was it grandma? It was in my room. So my room's still there. Like yeah. mine, me like and your my bed brother, and everything? Yeah, it's all Holy there. Shit. So there's certain things that I've gone and missing and there's clothes mm. not there, but there were certain things there and my old books that I used to read were there, so I took them with me. Um, and I found this notebook and I never had like a chronological – memory of what happened first that like it yeah, was, okay. it's always been all over the place and so I would have been what yeah like 10 when I left and I wrote that it was a couple of days before we escaped and I wrote um something along the lines of I don't know why but I feel like I have to write all this down and I just wrote out everything that yeah. happened the dates and it was pretty yeah it was Kind Did you of, remember any of it or this was all brand new? I rem- uh, not everything. I didn't remember everything, but I remembered a lot of it. But yeah. it was nice. Not nice. It wasn't nice. I broke down reading it, something like that Maybe written by poor, your child self. Yeah, that poor girl, what <laughs> yeah. she's going through and shit. And, and I was stressful. And then I was moment. grateful because it gave me that clarity of, okay, that is what happened and that's yeah. when that happened and that's what that would have been like. So it was kind of... It's good Therapy. to have, man. I yeah. wish I'd, I'd had something like, well, I didn't go through that, but I wish I'd kept diaries. Do you think some junkies went through your diaries and left it there? Cause it was, I don't know. Maybe. They might have. You know, like it's, Maybe. it's quite, it's, yeah. Someone mm. would have broken into your room and been in your room probably mm. and um, took, taken something, but 
left that because mm, yeah, maybe pretty, maybe yeah. they well, did have a heart they might have had a heart yeah, maybe you know, <laughs> might have <been> some good <laughs> junk they were babies at one point they were innocent at one point well yeah. if you grew up in a childhood like that well, yeah, I can yeah, almost yeah. think yeah. you can be forgiven for yeah. trying to oh, know, deal forgiven. with it in your own yeah. way you know for sure yeah um, so how did you f- the re- what was the refugee um, process like back then so well illegal it was illegal, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 So we escaped. So we got on the bus. So dad had escaped. We hadn't seen him for, I don't know, three to six months or something. Okay. Um, and then we found out he was with our family in Croatia. And then because the borders had loosened up and we were now children and my mum, they let us through. So they weren't letting men through, but they were letting women and children through. Yeah. But even with them, they were a bit tricky. Like my mum was um, telling me there was a lady that was sitting next to her with a baby and she didn't, for one of the borders, didn't have the right passport. And um, she mum pinched the baby when they came and the baby was screaming. And then because the mum was fussing, they're like, oh, don't worry about it. And they skipped her. Oh, so that's shit. how she was like, oh, that's so smart, mum. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Poor yeah, baby, absolutely. but that's so smart. Yeah. Um, so that's how she got through. So, yeah. So then we got to Croatia thinking, okay, we could do something. And they were just like, we don't want you here. Like, you're not getting a job. You're not getting signed up for school. You're not Croatian. You're Bosnian. You need uh, to go. Assholes. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, so dad had some family in Amsterdam. So he called them, called his cousin in Amsterdam, said, listen, I don't have much money, but I've got enough for a train ticket to get to Amsterdam. Is yep. there any way for us to make a living there or stay with you? Or And he said, yeah, yeah, no worries. Just catch the train and I'll pick you up from the train station. And dad was like, I don't have much, just so you know, like this is all I've got. I'll probably have $2 and three kids after this. Like I won't be able to get far. Yeah, yeah, all good. So we get to... Oh, no. We get to Amsterdam. We get to the train station. He's not there. We wait for a long time. He's not there. So Dad's like, well, I've got two coins. I'll use one of them to call him. And he essentially just got the voicemail and said, hey, we're here. Like if you're not here in two hours... Like he was thinking like what could have happened? He's two hours. I'll take it as you don't want to... You don't want to help us, and that's all good. I won't call back again, and he didn't show up, and we actually never heard from him since then. So what he can't. I know. Who is this guy? I oh, know. Yeah. That's why. Well, name him. And then um, dad Who had shit. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking fit. Oh, and your family out there, fucking kids, and that. Yeah, but you know what? He probably agreed to, it and then talked to his missus, and she was like, "No." <laughs> Oh, fuck I shouldn't blame Christ. the woman, but I don't know. No. Maybe he changed his mind. Maybe he felt put on the spot. I don't know. For whatever Too reason. Too fucking bad. <laughs> He's a weak man. Yeah. He's not a man. He, he changed his mind. So dad was like, I've got one more cousin in Germany. I'll just call him and hopefully he answers. And he basically said, listen, I don't have long to talk. This is all I've got. We're gonna, we can jump a train illegally and try and get to you. We're not that far away. Amsterdam, Amsterdam and Germany weren't that far. Mm. And he said, but if you don't want, to, don't want to help us, like you just need to let us know because this is what just happened. And he was like, no, nah, I'll be there. So he was there. So awesome. we all oh, jumped on the What's train. What's his name? Stick him in. <laughs> <laughs> and then, we, yeah, and at that time it was good because Germany was taking refugees in temp- temporarily. So what that meant was that we would get a visa, but it would get reviewed every three to six months. So you never know what's going on. No. So out. that Ooh. three to six months spanned out to four, four and a half years. At that point, I'm like four. 14, thinking I'm German. Are you going to school? Yeah, going okay. to school, speaking German. Like, I honestly really identified as a German because I think it was the first time that I felt really safe. Yeah. Even though there was lots of racism, like, that, all that still happened. But that wasn't 
that's nothing compared to the yeah. when I was coming yeah, before. Yeah, I was yeah, like, they're trying wall. to kill me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're just being dickheads. So, um, yeah, so I really felt at home there. So it was a big shock when they said, now's the time to go home because we felt like that was home. Yeah. But um, And Dad made some cool things happen there for us. So um, when I say we got there, we were living in like – your studio, <laughs> probably maybe a little bit link, bigger. And yeah. so there's five of us. And then um, my mum's brother got kicked out of Sweden because they had a similar system. And he said, I'm thinking of coming to Germany. She says, you and your two kids come here. We've got heaps of room. <laughs> so, oh, yes. <laughs> so there's nine of us living in this little thing, like yeah. no bathroom. So oh, building shit. shares the bathroom, a building. Yeah. Wow. A building shares the toilet. That's like what you do when you go like camping and so, caravanning. Pretty <laughs> much, it was horrible. And then we would, um, yeah, we would get like fill up like a little tub and ta- everyone leave the room and then take turns. And anyway, and Dad got to know the owner of the building, and he basically said like, "You've got real estate here that you're not tapping into. Like, let me tell you what I'm thinking." And he basically said, "You can dig underground," um, and they kind of came up with this way of they created out of that a two-bedroom apartment by digging underground, putting a kitchen in and stuff, um, yep. going up into the attic, creating more bedrooms. And basically dad said, like, I'll tell you all this, but we want the job and yeah. I want my yeah. families to be able to rent and live here. So that's where we stayed. And dad's an electrician anyway, so he had the skills. Well, so he pretended to be a builder, but... Yeah. <laughs> Good on him. He, built, okay. he pretty much built our house anyway. <laughs> He's like that. He was telling me how when he went for his first job in Germany, he told them that he was a jeep rocker because he heard, overheard them say <laughs> they need a jeep rocker. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I can do that. And he could hear them speak our language. So he went and said, hey, I've done this before. And they're like, yeah, come to work tomorrow yeah. and he got them the guy goes you don't know what you're doing <laughs> you put them on backwards <laughs> yeah. and he was like I don't but like I'll have a go and he did like he yeah, figured it yeah. out <laughs> as long as you're a good worker if you can get in if you're a good worker anywhere yeah they'll probably keep you because it's the attitude that matters man yeah you know? Unless it's electricity. Yeah, you <laughs> don't you yeah. want to know what you're doing. Yeah, you want to know what you're doing. <laughs> you At least you got a decent one. You got yeah. Jeff Sparky, didn't you? I, yeah, I got Jeff Sparky to come out and do all, all this stuff here. Yeah. So you're in Germany. What's your, what in happened? Germany. At that point, I'm like in year seven. Yeah. Um, and then they said, you're going back to Bosnia. And we were like, hell no, we're not. Um, so dad was like, it's not even an option because there were people still getting shot and killed yeah. at this point. People so this was 90. Him. Yeah. 1998 was still happening. So then he he went back to Croatia just to see that it was a bit safer there um, and it was safer to live there and we could get into school there. So that's where we moved to. Okay. But it was really hard to get work because you're not a local. They still considered us Bosnian or German. I don't even know what we were at that Hmm. point to them. Um, was that because your accent or did yes. you have an accent? Yeah, okay. it changed. So you speak Croatian, your dad spoke Croatian? Yeah, yeah, and I speak German still. Yeah. Not as good as I used to. Yeah. But, um, Where else in Croatia were you guys So staying? then we moved to Pula. So it's kind of up the top near Italy, near Trieste. It's kind of, you can drive to Italy to go shopping. It's really close. <laughs> that sounds all right. Yeah, Ooh. it was good. Yeah, it was yeah. really nice. It's got like a, if you look it up, it's got like a 2,000 year old, it's over 2,000 years old. There's a Colosseum. What's that movie? There was a movie, um, Gladiator. Gladiator. That was filmed there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think Croatia's got better yeah. ruins than, than Italy yeah, does. Yeah, I've got a friend who's who's a Croatian, his family owned an island out there. There you go. They own a the fucking yeah. island. They own an island. <laughs> what kind yeah, of friend is that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Tony, man. He's, he's an amazing guy. He's half, um, half Marian and half Croatian. And he's, and he's, he's a guy that's, 
I don't know if you can be born with a gift of languages, but he kind of was. Yeah, right. I met him. Uh, I was chefing in in London, and um, we, you know, he's from New Zealand, that as well. So we got to be good friends and all that. And um, he spoke. He'd lived a few years in Japan. So normally, when you speak Europe, you know, European languages, you can kind of mm. wing your way around at Northern European, Southern. Mm. But the Asian languages are that mm. a world away. Yeah. He speaks fluent Japanese, man. Wow. And then we we're at the. I mean, he didn't speak Polish, but we had a lot of Polish waitresses at the place we we're working. We sat down, had a few drinks with them. By the end of the night, he was talking Polish, like fucking Polish, Polish. And then he got a job over here, and I was working with him. And then he started because he speaks Mary. Um, he started talking to the Indonesian kitchen hands and Mary. And then by the end of like a couple of nights, he was speaking Indonesian to him because they're really similar languages. Wow. Oh, yeah, amazing. man. He's a fucking amazing cat, man. Yeah, that is like, crazy. He freaks Japanese people out because they, they don't like it when you, <laughs> yeah. can, you know, it's good yeah, if you yeah. try. Oh, but dude. if you're actually fucking fluent, but yeah. it's, it's, they don't like foreigners. Nah. <laughs> no. No, they, they do when they're drunk. <laughs> fuck no they generally I, I think crazy. they yeah they get away with a lot like no whiteies in this bar and all yeah, that type oh, of yeah. stuff you oh, know, wow yeah um, yeah so he was a cool cat he was telling about Croatia and all that and he would have been there around around then and um but you know I think it was a nice little island and it was all lovely and stuff and yeah. I didn't realise this this animosity probably, was still there he would have had mm. a maid yeah, well, he's, yeah, yeah, no one was getting he, to him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, yeah, it's, it's not like it's you know, built-up island. It's just grandma. Look, there were areas yeah. that were less affected than others. So Pula, yeah. where we went to, where my auntie was, it wasn't nowhere. There was nowhere near as much stuff going on. Like, they yeah. didn't get as bombed and everything else. So there was, in each country, there were certain areas that weren't as bad as others. So yeah. probably just got lucky. Yeah, yeah, I think so. That's... Yeah. Um, so Such a shame, you know. It's a, it's a real loss for everyone, isn't it? That, that mm. I know that Yugoslavia went, but it had to happen that way. But I think when Macedonia went, it was kind of peaceful, didn't it? Like there was no real dramas. Oh, with, with Kosovo. Oh, with, do you mean at that time? Yeah, that they time, kind of know, all went, and the main three were Bosnia, Croatia, and Serbia. Yeah, where it all kicked off. Yeah, and then it's still and because it's the biggest block. Like Macedonia is not as big. Yeah, in terms of a country, and I think Slovenia didn't really matter. No. There wasn't a lot of people. They just there didn't want to have anything to do with it. They just they were neutral. Then, yeah, like, they just left. Yeah. Their well, I think their what, what happened with maybe Bosnia. There's a lot of Serbians in Bosnia as well. Mm-hmm. It's the same type of things happening in Ukraine, where you know, or Crimea, where yeah. they're basically like Russians. Russians yeah. They're all yeah, Russians yeah. there, and then the Ukraine government put in something saying if you get if you speak Russian, you get shot. Basically, you know, so um, that. Like that, it's almost exactly the same thing yeah. happening in Ukraine at the and moment. Palestinians, is the same. yeah, kind well, of the pa- same shit. You got Palestine Muslims and well, Christians no, living in the same. I don't think script. it's really a religious thing over the, in Palestine. I think it's that's a bit of a like religion gets painted mm. as a thing in Palestine, but yeah. I think it's actually just pure land grab, man. Yeah, probably. yeah. there's, there's the one powerful group that just want to fucking take over <laughs> and get out of our way. It is all over know? land. I remember yeah. being that, like, I remember even their parents commenting on the news going, that's not what's going on. Like, that's mm. not what's happening here. What's What were the news saying? Uh, whether it was downplayed or other reasons were oh. given. Or when the peace treaty was signed, there was no fucking peace. <laughs> like, <laughs> people got stabbed that day. Like, there was no peace. And it was like, considered safe and no yeah, more yeah. shootings they went on for years after that so and still uh, um, things still happen and now. everyone still carries in bon- bosnia everyone carries yeah 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 so if you have a society with is people open, walking around with weapons, over there, is it? well there's no law there isn't yeah, yeah and bribing right. so if you want to speed you just wrap your wallet uh, wrap your license in a 20 dollar note and you can do whatever so, you want like it's like just, bali 
Yeah. But that's just fucked. You just can't yeah. have that yeah. in a society where you want to bring up kids and stuff like that. You've got no, to be, it's too dangerous. It's just it? too dangerous. It's just mm-hmm. too fucked, you know? Like, the wrong people get in charge. Yeah. Um, yeah. But how do you change it? I don't And I don't that know. was a long... Like, that all apparently stopped in 94. We're nearly, nearly what, yeah. 20 years later? <laughs> It's been a while. No, it, was, yeah. it was 25, like, 20. It's almost 30 years yeah, later. Yeah, right. There you go. So, yeah. It's oh, funny. even more. Shit. <laughs> it's almost 30 years later. <laughs> and, uh, and from what yeah. I can see in Bosnia, it's, it's, it's not going to, this piece ain't going to last. Like, no. you know. Not, Tension. And now Croatia's building this huge fucking bridge over their waterway or something and oh, trying to cut Bosnia off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a shit story. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. it's like, oh. Beautiful country, though. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. Beautiful. <laughs> it, it, it actually is. It's it really is. It looks nice. It's really nice. It? it should be a tourist mecca. So man. much like history, yeah. so much not just that history, but yeah. you know, it's really nice. And the people are as bad as it is, they're really lovely. It's the kind of place where, um, like when I used to go on holidays in Croatia, like in my early 20s and stuff, you go there, you go to a bar by yourself and you've got a group of friends by the end of the night. Yeah. Like you just go for a coffee and people are just really social and a lot of them aren't employed so they have nothing better to do. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, where are you from and who are you? And, you know, small places, know everyone. So Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's pretty cool like that. So how'd you get to Australia? You're in. So we were in Croatia. Yeah. I went to school there. It was like a whole readjustment to a different schooling system. They're mental there. Like in year eight, they do physics and biology and chemistry, and like it's wow. mental. Even worse than Germany. You yeah. Think Germany yes, before? it was worse than Germany. Yeah, it was well, worse. Better. Like I was I failing, so I went. I was always a bit of a nerd. Like I was yeah. doing really good at school in Germany, and I went down there, and I was just failing. It was like a weird. And it was like I still spoke my language, but they were just hard. Like they were hardcore. We had like written and verbal exams. So yeah. what they would do is at any point, they just pick you out and whatever you've been studying in that term, they just go talk to me about and they get the book out and just ask you questions and you have to stand up in front of a classroom. And this and just is a be, part of the exam. This wow. is what they do. Oh. And so you never know when it's going to, oh, it was nerve wracking and right. so many subjects. And anyway, um, it was good for when I came here because I didn't have to study maths till I was like in year 12 because yeah. I was that far ahead. Yeah. <laughs> it was really good yeah. in that way. Four plus four. <laughs> Doesn't say much about the Australian <laughs> maths situation. Year 10 maths. I was so bored. Actually, um, at one point I stopped going to maths and then I decided to show up one day and my teacher in year 11 said, I thought you signed out. Like, where have you yeah. been? And I was like, oh, I know this stuff. I did this in year eight. Like, what a shame good. they couldn't bump you up then. You know, that's one thing yeah. they don't quite get right in Australia, I think, you know. Well, yeah, yeah harness, they, didn't, they didn't get much right. Yeah. They put, me into, everyone, they put me into advanced English when I couldn't speak the language. I thought I was shy. Shakespearean shit. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, she'll be right. Much. You're doing great. <laughs> and, I ca- and I came from an I came from an intensive English centre. Like I came from a school. <laughs> Anyway. Oh my god! Was that that would have been dumb though? Good oh, fuck yeah! <laughs> dumb though. And nobody oh, figured it out till like if we had some assignments due, like pretty much at the end of the term or something. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Hang on a second. <laughs> and then no, it gets better. Then they went. Oh well, <laughs> she's here now. Let's not change anything. Yeah. Too much hassle. Too much. She'll be right. <laughs> She'll be right. Isn't She'll that? be right. That's the Aussie way, isn't it? That's a good Aussie way. Yeah. Oh, I ain't stressed so about it. 
Yeah, so she'll be good. Right. You'll get there. We, we all fucked up. We're Australians. <laughs> what do you know about it? Yeah. <laughs> Too hard. There's not, and there wasn't many of us. Like, there wasn't many people that didn't speak English at the time. So yeah. they're like, oh, well, just one. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So you're in Croatia, and you, and all the time, so you're not really citizens of Croatia or anything like no. that. No. And my parents could not get work that whole at all. year. And at one point, oh, this was so shit. At one point, Dad was like. I can't get any work. I'll just keep approaching job sites and I'll just try my best. And this guy said, I've got some work, but it's cash in hand and the project will go for about three months and I can't pay till I'll get paid oh, and I'm going to get paid kidding. at the end of the three months. Oh, what an awesome so he shows yeah. up to work, you know, where he's going every, every day. single day, comes yeah. on the last day and the guy says, oh, I don't know who you are. And dad's like, I've been working for three months. Like, I have no idea what you're talking about. You can't even about. punch him and out because you, it's not your country. What can you do? And he was building those toll like the toll thing so every time like when we've been back he's like that fucking time <laughs> <laughs> drive through it yeah so wow. so kind of all There's the assholes he- I out know. there isn't there eh? so all yeah. the headway that they kind of made in Germany pretty much has got depleted while we were mm. down there because there was no income coming in that whole time not at all that's fucking crazy yeah and then my my dad had a brother that was in Dabdo so he escaped uh, well actually he was on the front line and he escaped um from there, around ninety four, ninety five, when we got to Germany, he came straight to Australia because they had other family here. So he yeah. was fighting, and then just thought, no, nah, just I'm got the, away. Got, yeah. so got he away was towards the end uh, for this. Like, so you guys were. He was fighting for Croatia. Yeah, okay. My dad would have been fighting for Bosnia if they got him. So they potentially would have been at yeah. each other, I guess, in Fuck a sense. That. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they they came straight here where we went to Germany first, and because we got sort of. You just got used to it. That three months was a long time back then. <laughs> like to feel yeah, safe yeah. for three months was good. And then, yeah, so we applied and then we had another family member in America and we actually got accepted into both countries as a refugee. And dad was like, ah, oh, Australia sounds better. Right yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And that uncle of mine actually is looking to leave America at the moment. So he's leaving, I think, at the, hopefully at the end of the year. Yeah. It's not good over there. Well, yeah. Where is he in? He's in Phoenix. Oh, yeah. Right. Phoenix, Arizona. Arizona. Mm. Do they have mm. much COVID? They would, but is it... Yeah, we got COVID, but you just got the whole disintegration of the society. Yeah. There, really, you know. Yeah. And just the, the me- I think it's the medical stuff they're getting worried because they're getting older now, and uh, like, yeah. Yeah, we're going. So I think they'll go back to Germany. From what I hear. Oh, so they're uh, they can get back into Germany. Yeah, they've got um, some of their kids. One of their kids is still there, so okay. they'll just go and stay with her. Oh, back there, I th- I feel like they're and they're doing the whole. Oh well, what we'll do is we'll go back to Bosnia because there's still a house there and do half time there, half in Germany. I think they're still imagining things as they were. Yeah, that's right. So we'll see how they go. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it's a shame when Bosnia's lost all, all their people and stuff like that, isn't it? You know, all, all especially the youth. I think Greece mm. is experiencing that for the last ten years since their economy got smashed. And, and that's all the the people that drive your country. It's the youth, yeah. the twenty and thirty year olds. They don't. They're the ones that start businesses. Yeah. You know, you've kind of saw that in Wollongong. Heaps of people left, and then they all came back, and now we've got these cafes and things mm. starting up. You know, go getters come back, mm. and um, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen in Bosnia for a while. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, and um, so did did you go to Wollongong Uni? Yeah, I did. I did. I went to Wollongong Uni. I went to Dapto High. Well, I went to the English Intensive Centre first to learn yeah. how to speak Rupert's the language. Name? It's at Warramong High. 
Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so I was there, but I wasn't there for very long because there was like an influx of refugees from our country at the time and I just wasn't learning much. Like I felt like I got to a point where I was learning the basics and I knew a little bit, but I couldn't kind of, yeah. if you spoke to me, I'd be like, oh my God, he talks so but fast. You spoke, yeah. what's he saying? You spoke German and, and English is kind of German-esque. They, <laughs> no, no. They, they say it's... <laughs> It is, but I don't, I don't reckon it is. But you got high and low German anyway. Which one were you speaking? High and low. What does that mean? There's two the gears. Oh, so you got the evident lowest not, social. Not in Bayern. We were okay. in like um, they called it Horgebiet, like yeah. the industrial place where they accept refugees. Yeah, <laughs> so okay. Not in the nice bit. Well, I think Arnold Schwarzenegger speaks low German. So he's Austrian. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no. German, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. No. Yeah, he would be he sounds more like the other side. Okay. But I did some German at school, but you know what it's like. Like you learn what you learn and like it's in never that the same. School. No, no, in Germany. Oh, but thought, the yeah, English what, is what never German the same. Speak? Yeah, yeah, no. That though, why? no. <laughs> but you spoke you learnt German in Germany because you're yes. hanging out with German kids. Yeah, and I went and to you, school. That's that's how you'd pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. You don't really learn like no. Tomsky was saying, you don't really learn a language. Yeah, it's like you don't really grow an arm, do you? You know, it's just something that happens to you, and, yeah. and a child will just grow a language. I'm picking yeah. up. You know. and and I guess that was my why I wanted to go into up to high school sooner rather than later because mm. I was like, I'm. I knew I was going to go to uni. I knew I was going to be a psychologist. So I was like, I don't have much time till this mm. whole year 11, 12 thing kicks off. I've got a year because at that point it was year nine. Like I came at the end of year nine. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I went to <laughs> to Dr. High. It was pretty funny because I just had no idea what was going on. <laughs> What's going on? I had, Did like, you make friends? Pretty much a shamed head. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> I really enjoyed playing. I like playing basketball and sports. Yeah. And I just was always very practical because I was like, why would I have long hair if I have to wash it every day? I'll just shave yeah. it off. And so I did that just before we got there. So I was this little wog with like walking around with a basketball looking like a man <laughs> that couldn't speak English. At one point I remember being picked on because I was always very confident and like it was really frustrating actually not to be able to express yourself mm. when you're someone that enjoys doing that and have conversations. Yeah, and, be, yeah. and I remember these kids were like, they were saying something about me and you know they are and laughing and I didn't know how to defend myself so I growled at them. <laughs> oh, that yeah, didn't help. Did not help. Did not help. <laughs> that works in Japanese. Did not as well. help. <laughs> growl is a growl. Because I was like, just you know, they have to know that this is not all right. Yeah. But anyway, I eventually got there. I made friends, and I didn't know what they were saying a lot yeah. of the time. I remember they'd say things like, "Oh, I'm like now looking back, like, do you want to go to the canteen?" And I used to just mix up yes and no. I'd be like, "I'll say yes a few times." Yeah. <laughs> so I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah," and they'd all walk off, and I'm sitting there going, "What's going on? <laughs> Where are we going? What's happening?" Um, How long did yeah. it take you to, to get a hold on it? Not long. And, you know, um, I'm going to say I was pretty good at speaking the language within less than 12 months. And I was like sure. that in Germany as well. Yeah. I picked it up really quickly. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know why that is. Did you grow up bilingual in Bosnia? No. 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 Okay, wow. It was just something that happened. Did the um, accent throw you off at all? Yeah, everything threw me off. The fast pace of how quick you guys talked yeah, and everything. Oh, that still throws me off. It yeah. <laughs> still throws me off. We just make off. words up. You know, um, when so Nathan and I, we went to school together, but we never spoke to each other because I didn't speak 
English <laughs> and I look like a dude. <laughs> so, right? No, <laughs> luckily. <Not> and, <laughs> but um, like him and a lot of people that I would see even now sometimes after school, they either say that I was shy and I'm like, no, I couldn't speak English. Yeah. Or yeah. they say like, oh, you don't have an accent anymore because it was just so thick when I first... Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Your, yeah. your accent, yeah. Yeah, but speaking of slang, so Nathan's dad is like really, Tony. oh, my God. Yeah. I don't know. Do you understand him? I don't. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I haven't seen I, you a long I time. Used, yeah. I used to go when Nathan was living with his nan and his dad yeah, was yeah. there and he'd be there and I'd come over and I'd say, oh, how are you going? And he'd go, mm. And I'd be like. <laughs> and I was hey, like. <laughs> and I would just feel hey, like, man. why is he making these weird sounds? Yeah, and I would just kind jobs, of yeah. awkwardly walk away and probably like a year. It took me a year to go to Nathan. You know, I think your dad's really rude. Like, <laughs> I come over and I say, how are you going? And he's just making these sounds. And he was like, no, he's saying, how are you going? I still sometimes don't know what he's saying. Yeah. Like. He, yeah. From what I, like, because I haven't seen him in a long time. Yeah. But yeah, he's, he's very still, Aussie. Yeah, very. And I, do you know what I do? I get all the sayings wrong still. Like, I'm really good. I'll, I'll try. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm always getting them wrong because they're, like, different to. yeah, yeah. Ah, just make it up. Uh, Who cares? Yeah. They're kind of changing. G'day is not really a thing. Oh, it is. <laughs> I like, I like. It is like with the older generation. Yeah. A lot of. G'day is a good one. Well, at work it is still. They still say g'day. Yeah. G'day, mate. Yeah. How's it going? Like. Yeah. You don't want to lose that shit. That's, no. that's Australian culture, right? The C there. word is very prominent in the working, <laughs> the working world. Yeah. Yeah. Some people find it offensive. Yeah, but it's not meant like that where mm. we say it. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Intention is different. Yeah. Our swear words are really different. We swear, we call your mom a whore. Like we don't, yeah. <laughs> it's like a family. Oh, and, it's always And it goes really a family and goes really brutal. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, that might be part of the issue with this. Yeah. Some of the things we say. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it is. Where you go to more personal, like you're an idiot, yeah. you're a dickhead. We're like, no, your mum's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, you straight what to your mother? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I fucked your mother last night. Oh, yeah. She wasn't very good. It goes into detail. Like, the, yeah. yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible <laughs> shit we say. Americans do too, don't they? Well, they got motherfucker. the motherfucker thing. Yeah, they but do. But that's got a rhythm to it. Do, do, do yeah. uh, Brosnian swear words have rhythm? I don't know. Probably sounds like it to me. Yeah, yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what language are we speaking in, in Bosnia? Well, there we'll say Bosnian, but Bosnian, Serbian, Croatian, it's all the same. Yeah. They're, they're it only, sounds very, very similar. There's like a letter that's missing here or there, but okay. it's all the same. So it's almost like an accent or a, yes. a broad accent. Yes. Difference. The Serbian have like a different, um, uh, we have Latin writing. They have like their own form of writing, okay. which you learn, which I was learning at school before the war. Like where you'd spend, so you spend one year reading and writing in Latin and then the next year in what they call Chirilica. It's like a style of writing. Is that like a, like a Soviet style with um, R's backwards? And, and yes, yes, yes. Yeah. More looks like Greek or Russian yeah, yeah. style of writing, yeah. Yeah, my, um, my boy Arlo, he's got a friend uh, who's seven and his parents are Ukrainian Russians and they lent him this uh, book to learn Russian. It's really cool when you press the buttons yeah, there. Yeah. But I can't fucking decipher it for life. <laughs> I reckon Russian's hard as fuck. Well, no, like, you know, you might have Apple and then it have a symbol and you think, okay, well, I know what an Apple is. Yeah, yeah. But there's nothing like that. There's yeah. some chick doing some weird shit. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and all these fucking letters. Yeah. And, like, it doesn't just make sense. Oh, yeah. that's so good. But, yeah. 
Good old Russians. Good old Russians love <laughs> they it. They just don't want you to learn their language. <laughs> yeah, They're yeah. like, we give them it to ourselves. We'll just pretend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put the R back the other way. Yeah. Confuse them. Do they have a regular R, though, Kraken, or is it? Well, in this one, it looks like a up and down kind of. So they probably have an R, but it's just a dip because they say the R really like. Mm. So, yeah, I would say but it's probably a different symbol. Yeah, I don't know. I'm learning Spanish, and I'm oh, like, cool. I am just lost. Yeah, half the time, <laughs> like sometimes I start getting things, and I'm like, yeah, I'm smashing it. And then yeah. I'll see the same word, but it means something else, and I'm fucked. Yeah, I'm like, what does it mean? Yeah, but yeah. I suppose learning English. English got, is worse. Which which English is which? Sucks and, yeah. I, do you know why I found English easiest? Oh, did you? I found yeah. it easiest because um, so in our language we've got the whole he, she, and it for everything. The bo- yeah, it's like not the, the bottle; it's male, female, or neutral. So how does that's it, what Spanish has, right? Yeah. So German has it, but it's not the same. So their ball might be a dude, and to us a ball is a female. So every time I was learning oh, okay. every single yeah. word, I had to re in my head figure out what gender it was. Mm. Where when I came here, I was like, oh, they're all the same. This yeah. is great. So well, much easier. I want to ask that. How does that work now that we've got the whole gender oh, neutral yeah. shit? <laughs> oh, how do you even use yes, that in Spanish in that, or like, German yeah. where... You can't say the fucking thing without giving it. I'm telling you right now, in Bosnia, people would not be, they'd be like, fuck off. Well, <laughs> not doing my, it. my friend, um, uh, my lesbian friend, uh, last night about that. And, um, well, just about that, uh, without the middle ground and without you being in a cool country, gay people aren't going to get rights and things, you know, yeah. like, if, yeah. you oh, yeah. know, they only got rights in Australia, which is ridiculous, but fucking like, Mm. When was the, the to get it, married? We are was slow like, because, but the rest of the world's a lot fucking yeah, slower, yeah. man. Yeah. And we only got it because we're in a stable society. But, as soon as society mm. starts breaking up and shit, that stuff just goes out mm-hmm. the motherfucking window. You know, mm. like um, you got to put your mm. head down. And uh, yeah, I'm sure there's no gay rights in Bosnia. There's no gay people over there. Apparently, exactly, exactly. So you exactly. need a good middle class, stable society. You know, um, yeah. to I think uh, you know generally, I think humans are on a good trajectory. Like we're getting better. I hope you know. There's a lot of setbacks. I think this is the best time to be alive. For <laughs> we got cancer, <laughs> man. Is it? <laughs> Like, yeah. Like, any other time back, you know, like... Yeah, yeah. Well, if you were a middle... There was no middle class. For us, anyway. Yeah, yeah. If you're a coal miner, you'd be dead by now, man. (laughs) No, I mean, Pop, we're all right. (laughs) No, I mean, like, if you were, like, in the 18th century or something, Scottish coal miner... Oh, dude, you were fucking blown up. 18 years, you were gone, mate. Fuck, yeah. Canary would have been killed over and I would have been next to it. Yeah. I would have done all right. I would have had gout I was a chef. (laughs) (laughs) Or a court jester. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And you might have been considered a witch. Yeah, probably. You would have either at mm. the stake or actually that's because mm. which is originally I heard a thing by an intelligent man, I can't remember his name, actually did a, a a book on, you know, the witch burnings and all that. And he reckons it was all about that men wanted to get into the, the midwifery gig, mm-hmm. you know, and so uh, it was like always. Sa- is this Salem or just. No, even before. No, okay. we're talking now uh, Spanish Inquisition and shit like this. They figured so, it out that birth is money, right? Birth is money. It still And is. it was always a woman that. Uh, woman, women do That's the birthing right. and that. Mm-hmm. Though. He's still learning. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so that. 
and they knew all about the herbs, they knew about the medicine, and the fucking mm-hmm. infant mortality rate was really low. Mm-hmm. They were pretty good at giving, getting babies mm-hmm. out and stuff. And so Spanish Inquisition came along and said, no, we'll have that gig. They're all fucking witches. Mm-hmm. Let's kill them all. And they mm-hmm. killed millions and millions of these um, midwives. Mm-hmm. They called them all witches. And when we see witches riding around the broomstick, you got to think that's mm-hmm. we're actually kind of celebrating genocide against yeah. these these um, females. Yeah. And, and that's really. still a thing, by the way, like it, birth yeah. being mon- monetized. Like there yeah. is so much birth trauma in women everywhere. There's so much unnecessary intervention. There's so yeah, much. There like I'm pregnant at the moment, and I'm fighting. Oh, oh, like, fighting. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and you, you're fighting. <laughs> you're fighting not to have interventions. Yeah. You're fighting not to be in that system because it's a lot of money to them. Well, what's a C-section worth? Like nearly forty Fucking grand. Shitloads, oh, man. Oh, shit. Yeah. And Wollongong Hospital has like higher (laughs) rates, like really high intervention rates, C-section rates, like more than what the WHO organisation recommends. And yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad. Wollongong was going quite bad there for a while. Like uh, when Arlo was born, my my boy, uh, my wife Hayley needed, yeah, occasionally you do need it. She she had Mm. um, preeclampsia. Yeah, They didn't fucking diagnose it. She was dying on the fucking, Mm. on the bed and... And they they were just way past it, man. That, yeah. You know, her liver stopped working. She yeah. was vomiting blood and shit like this. And they yeah, still thought, yeah. "Oh, it's your first pregnancy, darling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you'll be fucking all right. <laughs> She'll be right. Oh, my fuck. And that's what it's supposed yeah. to be for. But there's all these women being nah, pushed it, into intervention are. and being scared and being told that your kid's going to die when later on there's nothing. Like nope. in the notes, when you get your notes, it will say failure to progress, which means you didn't give birth at the time that they had in mind yeah, for you. Yeah, quick, quick, like, come you on. Know, yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think there's, uh, and I think especially with the more recent restrictions, like with who can be in your room, um, there's yeah. some like one person only, and like even there's, um, oh, where was it? I think maybe it was Canada that <laughs> labouring women had to wear a mask. You know what it's like? What? No way. That fucking and they're doing Justin it. Trudeau. That, I saw a lady kid. that posted yeah. about it saying, oh, you're, you know, fighting wearing a mask. I'm, I wore one in labour. Take that. I'm like, you're not a hero. You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, you're like, a fucking idiot. You're an Get idiot. Get over it, you drop kick. <laughs> For fuck's sake. <laughs> blood and shit going everywhere. <laughs> yeah. 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 Put your mask on. <laughs> Put your mask on. Yeah. Put the mask on. The fucking bag of heads out. <laughs> <laughs> Mask that motherfucker up. So yeah. stupid. They got a little but it's still, um, you know, and we yeah. want to, and, the, and I was thinking <laughs> just today, like Pfizer, you know, the same people, 30% of Australians don't want to get the jab, man. And um, well, I think a lot of it, well, from mm. my attitude, is that these companies are just out to make a fucking buck and they want yeah. to jab you next year and the yes. year after and year yeah. after. Yeah. And their profit... They're profit-motivated businesses, mm-hmm. as all businesses are. Absolutely. So maybe businesses shouldn't be in the fucking yeah. in the gig of uh, yeah. dealing with a worldwide pandemic. No, Cuba should. has yeah. fucking no GDP, and they've got two um, fucking uh, COVID, COVID things they're giving to Africa for free, mm-hmm. and, and they're fucking ninety percent effective. And Russia's giving them Shit. away for free as well. So why why are we getting this American company mm-hmm. that's making they've projected four billion profit this year? Like hold it, like, more chairs. Yeah, that's exactly everyone. Oh, we can yeah. make shit. Mm. we can make money out of these mm. fucking Africans and Indians dying. Mm. Like, that's, that's bollocks, man. That's what's it got is. me up. That's what um, so that cervical cancer vaccine. I remember it was when I was at uni. I would have been like twenty one. It was pushed like you could not go to the doctor for anything else yeah. without them wanting to jab you. And if you like, I remember a doctor telling me that 
um, I'm an idiot and I'm going to get cervical cancer because I didn't want it. And I was like pushing back, didn't want it, didn't want it because I was studying psychology. I knew how science works. And I was like, this is a trial. This is not a test at anything. And I remember um, speaking to one doctor and and he said, I want to know why you don't want it. And I said, because it's a trial. He goes, yeah, it's true. That's why they're giving it away for free. At this point, because we're collecting the long-term data. And I was like, I don't want it. And that many women have got it. And I've got friends that have issues um, since then. And yeah, so kind of, I mean, it's not the same, but it's similar, I imagine. Well, it's just not, there's (laughs) not. Similar motivation. Yeah, similar motivation. And just dishonesty about, Mm. let's open it up. And what's in this shit, you know? And you can't speak. So if you're a nurse or a doctor that doesn't agree with it, you can't say it. You'll get deregistered. Like, that's not right. No, and, and I know they are. Yeah. They're speaking out now. There's a lot of them saying things, but yeah, yeah. It's a it's it's a really interesting <laughs> time, and um, we're going to get barred. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> That's right. Fuck it. Because I'm not like all my kids are vaccinated. Okay, the polio fucking vaccine works. It's a good vaccine. <laughs> I don't want my kids to have like mum. My mum had yeah. polio and shit like that. Yeah, you right. Know? So fucking she's living testament I remember going to a school with a girl who had fucking polio yeah, and couldn't right. fucking walk you know yeah, so yeah. okay the polio vaccine is a fucking good one what's that nasty thing all the kids used to have um, smallpox yeah. mm. that's a fucking nasty that's, vaccine yeah. you know so we've got proven vaccines you don't need to put mercury in them and fucking so fetus I'll, yeah all that shit so okay certain things fair yeah. enough this one's incredibly rushed it's just rushed, isn't it? It's really rushed, yeah. and there's mm. a money motivation behind it, which I really don't like. It just mm. it just freaks me out, and mm. and also, you know, like I'm I've got high cholesterol, and my GPs just want to put me on statin, like forty mm. milligram statin. Now, how long for? For the rest of your motherfucking life. Mm. That's it, man. And I'm like, that just can't be right. Mm. You know, yeah. like there's there's so, mm. but it goes and when you go to and it's it's a whole. Capitalism's changed. They're not just happy mm. to sell you a product. They want to buy, have you for the rest of your fucking life. As a customer, you know, for sure. you're a Spotify. You want to listen to music. You yeah. listen to it the whole fucking life. You give us twenty yeah, bucks yeah. a month, and they've got and you so, with these. Yeah, and they've got yeah. you with those. And so, yeah, this, they're scary. They want to track everything you do. Yeah, but that that method is is come to medicine now. They don't mm. want to cure you. Like, and now mm-hmm. the COVID thing. They're just saying on there. I listen to the ABC, and they do this COVID report. Once a day, which is, you know, it's not, it's not too bad, but they admitted today that you're probably going to need a booster shot every year. Mm. Like, what the fuck? Every year for the rest of your fucking life? And it's interesting how little um, marketing promotion there is about building your immunity. There is none. None. That's to me. None about good nutrition or getting out in the sun. Mm. In the sun, yeah. You know? No, stay inside. Yeah. Stay inside. Be isolated. Yeah. 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 Don't go out in the sun. (laughs) Even your children who are fucking designed to fight these motherfucking things off, don't get them outside. No, parks were closed, remember? Yeah. Yeah, parks were closed. It's sanitized. You can sound like David Icke. But the liquor shop was open. Yeah, get drunk, beat your wife up, fucking smash the kids. You'll be right. Yeah. Uh, um, no, it's crazy. It's times. interesting. I don't times. know whether the. I just think it's incompetence goes right to the top, mm. and you have to make mm. your own decisions about things. You do you know, know? Do you know what I don't like? What scares me is a division. That yeah, to me absolutely. is reminiscent of what happened in my oh, childhood. Would be, yeah. That yeah, really yeah. is like these cracks. You've yeah, seen it before. Mm. and you know, like I'm all for having conversations about it all, but everyone having their choice and it being respectful. But I don't feel like it's like that well, they're anymore. Talking about passports now. Yeah. Like vaccine, you, yeah. Hold it. And was, is this a way of implementing what China does? Like yeah. you know, a little bit. <laughs> passport it, to go to Queensland. Reading, yeah. 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 Like even interstate. That, that it's fucking, not fucking Ebola for Christ's sake. <laughs> like it's not the zombie apocalypse. It's not man. even yeah. the flu. It's not even flu for most people, man. Yeah. Um, 
after reading that, yeah. like, surveillance capitalism, yeah, I can't even look at my phone now. <laughs> I know they, they know what I'm doing right now. Yeah, yeah. But just like the um, the Apple Play in your car. Yeah, right. Like, they're selling that information to insurance companies. So what's the option? Like, what do you do? Get a Nokia or, like, what's yeah, flip the... Phone. Yeah, pretty yeah. much, That's the yeah. only way. You have to go get off the net. Because yeah. the insurance companies know how fast you drive and if you indicate... Wow. How hard you break, or they yeah, know everything, yeah. and it adjust, they adjust your premium to suit. Oh, it's it's just what the Chinese it. are doing. Except they're yeah. more honest because they do. A, you got a score. That's the score right. Just yeah. went down, Did you watch that on the Black Mirror? There was uh, an episode. That one was perfect. That was That's that Black Mirror is really good. It's a good yes. show. It's, it's scary exactly though. Right. Yeah, but it's all happening, yeah. isn't it? It is all happening, man. It's like a it's like a a manual. How we going to fucking run this society? That was pretty good idea. There is a pushback. There's some good people fighting uh, back against it, but we're Smack all the, all the Smack Panda are, but <laughs> what platform are we on? We're on YouTube, oh, not Google, you know, so you can't. Yeah. There's only you know, so much you can say. If yeah. you're, well, if you're in the system, you're actually, they're making money from us. Mm. You know, they'll, they'll more than happily have us bag out Google and take the money yeah. from people mm. watching. So, yeah, they don't have souls. You can't really fight a system from within a system. I you agree. Need to create a new system. That's why that I got the registered. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. You can come out. Completely agree. Yeah, and so what? There's no difference between doing counselling and psychology work. Uh, not to me, there isn't. But yeah, it's. I think it's always that grading of like. The clinical psychologist gets the heaviest, then it's the psychologist, and then it's the counsellor. But they're all doing mental health. Yeah. Um, so to me, it's no different. But I don't. I don't care. I'll call myself a fish. Yeah, like that's if I right. get to help people, I don't really give yep. a shit. And if I get to say what I need to say, then I've been in a obviously like my with my story. I've been in situations where I couldn't speak up and say things. I'll never choose that for myself no. again. Mm. So. You got it. Well, society needs people to stand up. Yeah, it yeah. has to. You know, that's how we got to be in a good spot. And especially like with psychology and that, how are you supposed to advance the the science if everyone's just following the textbook? Mm-hmm. Like it just yeah, it mm-hmm. doesn't work. It, it doesn't work. You need to be outside. Create, the textbook. We need creativity. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can't stifle it. Yeah, you know, um, absolutely. And just on like your sports therapy back. The sp- yeah, yeah, yeah. When we we're talking to Nathan, and he was talking about the vi- visualization. Yes. How did that? come about like um well is that part of your training and you're just testing it or no i kind of um i've been interested in performance always like whether it's in sport or i think maybe because um i was naturally a little bit of a competitive person and high achiever and then i think having gone through what we went through i feel like i was forced at that as well because I always felt like I was behind because I'd go to a country and wouldn't speak the language and try 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 like I was always sort of having to try harder and um I think maybe the other thing that's happened is so with trauma so you may when you're in a situation like that and every day out of three years you could think you could die I feel like my nervous system was on a really high um for a long time and um I think when we got out of there I feel like I probably replaced that with studies and work because yep. I've always yeah. worked like three jobs and studied heaps and it would probably look like I was... European though. That's <laughs> yeah, but I think I was replicating the high yeah. of being at that level until Function, I had yeah. a kid and it wasn't sustainable. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then she did it for me. <laughs> she just kept me on that high. Yeah. So, uh, that's right. <laughs> so I think... Um, I think that's what happened. So I've always been interested in like uh, like Michael Jordan and yeah. performance and stuff. And then when, with Nathan taking his career to some level, I was like, oh, I may as well like study it. 
and I am a bit of a nerd. So I did a master's degree actually in California because um, in Australia you had to go to Melbourne and do it on campus. And I was like, whatever, I'll just, they've got do better stuff. There. Yeah. yeah. And cool. they have had better resources. I think sports psychology is much more acknowledged in the UK and in America than it's here. I feel yeah. like almost superstition is yeah, more is. important yeah. here We're than sports very, like. Yeah. <laughs> it's that old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I studied that mm. and then at the same time I was doing bits and pieces with Nathan and then I slowly started doing things with the academy and um, the Wolves and some NRL players and it just kind of snowballed from there and I don't know. I just really enjoyed it. To me, everything I was learning about sport I could apply to business because I feel like yeah. that's mm. my – Sort of and would that, sport. <laughs> sports psychology would that apply to musicians as well? I think so. Yeah, I think performance it's, aspect. I think it's performance and pressure, yeah. dealing with things under pressure, pushing yourself. So what I found when I was doing my research because I was really um, interested in mental toughness and who gets to the top end. Yeah, like the key areas that they found were motivation and not like staying motivated all the time, but actually knowing how to get out of that lull and setbacks and things like that yeah um so more discipline would it be a little bit yeah but it's more so you can have discipline but the research showing if you don't enjoy something if you don't that's the number one reason why young talented athletes drop out of sport is because they don't have fun doing it anymore so it's kind of getting knowing where how your motivation goes and knowing when you know, when it's hard, you've been when you've been yeah. losing and it hasn't been going mm. well, not everybody hangs on. Yeah. So there was motivation. The next one was confidence, obviously being confident and it's pretty much doing hard shit and knowing you can do it is the yeah, only yeah. way to build confidence. Yeah. Um, the next one was self-talk um, and, again, like dealing with things when they go wrong. Um, How you talk to yourself. Don't call yourself an idiot. Yeah. And what, yes. No, you, you should call yourself an idiot sometimes. Okay, you should. I, yeah. I think self-talk... I feel like there's like this pop psychology out there about if you think positive, good, you feel good. Yeah, yeah. And there is some truth to that, but it's not, we're not designed that way. So on average, like on average, you have 60 to 70,000 thoughts per day. Um, on a I good day. How the hell did I count that? <laughs> I have like three. <laughs> no, because you can actually <laughs> so see the firing. Oh, you can, oh, you can okay. see the yeah. firing Mind when you fire. study. Like you can see where the receptors are connecting. Yeah, you can happening. see it, yeah. yeah. Um, so... If you're having a good day, usually at least 70% of those thoughts are negative. And the reason for that is that that's how we've survived. Like if yeah. you think about being in a cave. Oh, really? Is it? Think okay. about a cave and yeah. there's a bunch of really positive guys in one cave and a bunch of really negative guys in another one. And there's a rattle in the bushes and the positive guys are going, ah, it's just the wind, we're safe. So they're the Mormons. <laughs> sure. <laughs> not the Seventh-day They'll be off, man. And, yeah. and the positive guys are right, like 99% yeah. of the time. Then the negative guys are freaking out every time there's a rattle in the bushes, getting their weapons ready, thinking they're going to die. And then there was that one time where they were ready to go and the positive guys weren't and they yeah. died. So we've survived thinking negative. Like when you're crossing the road, you look right and left because you think you're going to die. Yeah. yeah. It's not because you're – like you know what I mean so we are a lot of it is unconscious and I think a lot of it is negative anyway and I think it serves a purpose so these these self-help gurus that say you know catch those negative oh, thoughts and, me off. and fucking change them to positive ones and all that this is not this <sighs> is really fucking hard yeah. to do this as well you know? there's yeah. that many first of all yeah but I also think I think there's not there's nothing wrong with them like there's no, no. good or bad emotions being angry yeah. feeling guilty being upset like we all have those experiences if you didn't feel guilt then you just shoot and kill people and never feel bad about it like it's it serves a purpose yeah and feeling down serves a purpose as well because you might have to review your life you may have been doing something that's not 
what you yeah, need. Yeah. Like there's a reason for all of these emotions. Fail, failure is good. Yeah. And, mm. you know, when you're playing you sport, if mm. something goes wrong in a game, like you're feeling shit because you care. So yeah. it's more so kind of accepting it and not letting it interfere yeah. with what you're doing. Well, I was thinking specifically, say, because we're doing our guitar grades and I find I'll practice a piece and there's no one's around. I'm playing it perfectly. Yeah. And it becomes press because with COVID now, it's uh, you press a record and you go to play. And then everything else comes into my brain about mm. apart from what the fuck I'm doing. You mm. know, I just cannot concentrate. And it's that, the that, weirdest thing. Yeah, yeah. And that's a big, um, big survival thing because you think about it. You were part of when you were part of a group. You had more of a chance of living yeah so if somebody's listening you need them to judge you positively because you want to be part of a group yeah if that makes sense yeah. but and so you're more wary when yeah well we found out we're doing this thing actually yeah you know normally we're a lot lot worse <laughs> <laughs> trust yeah. us oh. how many times did we not hit record <laughs> like, yeah and also what we're saying and how we say it and how yeah, it might better. be perceived you know yeah, don't like, listen oh. to episode one to five <laughs> yeah, yeah. now I'm going to <laughs> you won't last long you'll be like this is fucking shit <laughs> but, but yeah so, okay. so it's normal it's just accepting that and knowing it I think that's what you know I've talked in front of hundreds of people before shitting myself but I've still talked yeah yeah. So I take it as I can be nervous and still do and this. Still perform. Yeah. And it's kind of like uh, playing it like elevator music, like having in the background but not buying into it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Not feeding into it. And, and that means like not trying to stop it. Yeah, don't stop don't it. Don't try and stop it. Because it doesn't work. It, yeah. That doesn't work. Like definitely I think as you do this, that's going to happen naturally because you're going to come up with another way of thinking about it. So instead you might go, oh, whatever, I don't care, I'm in the, yeah. in the moment. And also it doesn't, like I find it, when I'm playing really well or the music's going well and that, I'm in, like in the zone or yes. something, you know, that this is happening to mm. me and the thoughts actually just really get in the way. Like it's, yeah. it's how to get yeah, to that, that space where there's the, the thoughts go and you're really enjoying it and you're yes. loving the music this is fucking rocking you know yeah. you're in the right space there, there, there's a there's one thing that you can do that kind of helps you focus because that was one of the big things um, that yeah. I found in the study and that to get in the zone so you know Nadal like you see him picking his undies if you watch him playing tennis yeah he does that a lot yeah so that that's a yeah. so he's got a he's sports side 100% well. <laughs> Yeah, how do you mention that we're watching the tennis for some reason? He does like a hair tuck and then he does a yeah. little what's called pre performance routine. Is so, that like the Rod Wish? I don't know if you know Rod Wish art. But no. he used to have this pre kick yeah, where he'd yeah. line it up and yeah. He'd, yeah. he'd do this little like gay shuffle thing. Yeah, yes. And then he'd. There's so many. He nailed it. Like, yeah. And, Smile. And he'd miss a lot, but yeah. if it was from the sideline, he'd kick it. So, yeah. so the theory behind it is that if you're in a high-pressure situation, our brains need action words. So, for example, when you watch movies and there's like a robbery and the cops come, they say, what do they say? Stop. Halt. Freeze. Drop the gun. Like, Drop, see how yeah, they're, yeah. they're giving them like instructions? Yeah. Because there's a lot, and it sounds stupid, like, why would they do that? But people do do that in real high pressure situations. Wow, you need drop. a, yeah. you need a go word. So if you're finding that you're under high pressure because you're recording, um, and you can have a, so the importance is that you have to have a word and a physical action. So okay. that's why he, um, picks his undies. So he's probably in his mind saying focus or hit the ball yeah. or, and giving himself an action. And then he's given an action to go and then, with that. Yeah, and then yeah. it becomes a bit so of is like, that like a – sorry to cut you off there, but no. is that like a reminder to take a deep breath or to – Yeah, yep, to refocus. So his habit does it automatically and then it triggers his brain to yeah. – To do 
to focus or to do whatever. Like I've had athletes that will just say, watch the ball because that's what they need to do or strong legs because they need to move their legs. Mm. So it's kind of like, you know, you roll your shoulders and you feel relaxed. Like one or someone sneezes and you say, like it becomes this automated thing that if you do it in practice. So when you're not recording, you start practicing it. So then when you're recording, it starts to work. Yeah. So you've already you've switched on to that mindset. Hopefully, it's a, a nice channel switch. Boom! Mm. Like, is the light on? Is <laughs> that the light could be on? ours. Yeah, yeah. For the fucking but you need cameras. an action word, right? Yeah. Yeah. Action. Action word. Action. action. Yeah. <laughs> I need to check the light. Yeah. <laughs> All three of them. Oh shit! Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. what, and so you've got a new little baby on the way. On the way, yeah. On the way, how far? Oh, I don't even know. Second one, does anyone count? End of nah. year, November, I think. Yeah, November. Yeah. <laughs> second one's are so easy. You're so stressed with the you first got one. Four of them now. The second one's oh. just so stressed. The third one. No, you stress even less than the fourth one. Is complete. Do I have a fourth yeah. one? Yeah. There's He's out there somewhere. And you can oh, see normally amazing. in their personalities as well, because the first one's normally a little bit hyper and high strung, and the second one's normally just out there Pretty, yeah. jumping off buildings. <laughs> yeah. and and, but you don't care either. No, you don't care. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the right. second one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to relate. You can, just, you can judge their cries really well as well. Yeah. You know, that's a bullshit cry. Bullshit, bullshit. Occasionally, it's a run cry. Oh, fuck. That's serious. <laughs> <laughs> I found that if the kids have done something really, really bad, like I remember once, uh, might have been Amara or, or Kais, my older kids, um, tripped up and fell over and just face painted this puddle and was like in oh. the puddle, man. Oh. And it's like, and so I got there really quick, obviously, in that. But then I made sure I didn't freak out when I picked mm. her up. I just picked her up, shook all the water out of it, like that. <laughs> We're not going to do that again, are we? No, we're not. And it was I was really proud of my parenting then. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. don't freak out. Don't let the kids know you're freaking yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because they freak out when you freak out. Yeah, it's true. And, and these, it's true. I, I don't know if you think of it, but I, I think there are these uh, – I've read a lot of uh, Timothy Larry's work before he became the LSD guru when he was a psychologist at Harvard. Okay. And he, he did a lot of work, and he was saying – on infants, and he was saying there's these imprint – uh, vulnerabilities throughout your life mm-hmm. so they just happen there's like a door ha- opens in your mind and mm-hmm. whatever's happening at that point some situation will just stick with you mm. you know and one of them might be that you fell over into a pond and someone picked mm. you up and freaked the fuck out and then you're scared mm-hmm. of water and you become that yeah. aspect of your personality mm. when you're in a stressful situation you become highly stressed mm-hmm. yeah, and wow. um mm. and it made a lot of sense man and i've i've personally i've when I used to fall over, mum used to freak out a lot. And when I was a kid, mm. I was a kind of a highly strung kid and stuff. Yeah, right. And I think a lot of it came from that. And um, yeah, yeah. I've well, they say like it's sixty percent personality, forty percent environment. That much. Mm. That much personality. Mm. Wow. I know. I think we all want to believe otherwise. Yeah. They have nice. their own, yeah, they, they're born with the You can see, yeah. You know, yeah. I took it very personally that my, she's still, she's probably up now, she, my kid sleeps really crap. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm a shit psychologist. Like, should I not know how to do this? But she just, she just doesn't. <laughs> does what she actually, does. she says it now, like she can speak. She says, you oh, know, it's just boring. Like she'll wake up in the middle of the night and yeah, she yeah, doesn't want to sleep. That. She's born. It's too boring. Yeah. Well, too bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's too late. How we, yeah, like. Don't yeah. have a box of chocolates, man. It's, it's Forrest Gump. Yeah. You don't yeah, have a box yeah. of chocolates. What's running yeah. you know? have, yeah. have you done much like um, sports therapy with kids? No, I don't work with kids because yeah. then you have to work with the parents. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's exactly what that's probably Look, what, teenagers, that's I have probably because I still feel like I can get them more to myself. There's more independence, but with little ones, I was like, nah. 
yeah. probably need to work with the parents. Well, you do. Yeah. And what a could lot. you, you know, like, because a kid will just do what it wants, I think. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's not as common. I mean, there is more of mental health stuff going on with little ones now. But with sports psychology, I don't think so because mm. they're still just having fun. Yeah, that's right. They're you just enjoying it. Then you turn into like a trophy parent. Yeah, and usually that's you're the on problem. Netflix and you're yeah. a fucking raving lunatic. Yeah. Have you seen that show? No. <laughs> oh. I was on your way said Netflix. Uh, <laughs> so I was with you until they, that point. They follow, they follow these parents that are. Like um, pushing they, the kids, yeah, like and bad, uh, yeah. And the kids don't even want to play the sport anymore, yeah. And they're just screaming at these kids, and it's, man, you should you get so it every sad. fucking Saturday on a soccer field, man. That's what yeah. It is. yeah, you know, parents are idiots. You know, sorry, parents, but no, God, yeah, get your I, act together. I did a bit of work, like like the academy or academy of sport, and part of it was to do a talk with the parents, and mm. I was like, I'm just gonna say. And how it is. Like, I gave him a bit of, you know, background on sports psychology and stuff. And then I was like, but let's talk about you now. And I just listed all these things like, you know, like, it's their sport, not yours. If yeah. you didn't make it, you should find something else to do. And I was saying all these things. <laughs> and you could just see in the audience, like, who the parents were because they were doing the yeah, yeah. <laughs> holding their arms, yeah. giving me evils. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, the president was Crying. like, I might need to apologise for some of the things she said. I'm like, don't apologise. That was yeah. the truth. Yeah. But they I think a lot of them didn't want to hear it. Yeah. And, like, there's nothing better than a parent on the sideline going, you know, relax, like, just breathe <laughs> and just losing their shit. Like, it happens all the time. The kids are on the field. They don't even hear the shit. No. Yeah. These parents are like... They're just having fun. One of the parents the other yeah. day said, oh, all these boys are all pussies now. We used to get tackled. Yeah. And, like, and the kids were fucking sitting down in front of them. And like, it was going to get yeah. ugly. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, this is going to yeah. get ugly, man. Yeah, the old days are always yeah. tougher. But yeah, it seems, to be a, like, it seems to be a football, like a soccer yeah, issue, football. man. Like, because yeah. the boys do baseball and that. And that's a lot. The parents mm. are a lot mellower. I'm sure there's still dramas, mm. but... Bar- basketball was pretty bad. You were, did you mm. see that? Yeah, Long. but my parents never watched me. So. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> they were busy right. being refugees and but working. I <laughs> <laughs> took myself there. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> I used to be like, we played at Berkeley, and so oh, I'd like yeah. catch a bus. I'd be there an hour before. And then, yeah, like yeah. everyone would go home, like, oh, I'll just practice a bit longer. <laughs> catch a bus at really midnight. <laughs> Had to work at Macca's to sponsor it myself. Oh, my God. Knocked on the door, couldn't oh speak God. English, just harassed him. Got yeah. a job in the kitchen because I couldn't <laughs> speak English. <laughs> do what you got to do. Yeah, I survived. You made a career yeah. out of it. Yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not out of McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They do have a good business model, though. I've learned a lot from them. I really think they've got a really smart business model in, in terms of, like, their procedures are really structured. Oh, yeah. Their staff is so that easily that replaceable. Like, I, they're so shipping, smart. If we, if we had someone come and want a job and they'd been trained at McDonald's, you'd give them a job, man. Yeah, They right. knew how to work, you know. Yeah. yeah, there was never a moment where you weren't, didn't have a job to do yeah. when you were there. Oh, they've, they've got it definitely streamlined, mm. right? But I heard, I, a mate of mine was telling me years ago that he thinks McDonald's, the company is actually in the real estate business rather than the burger yeah, business. Yeah, right. When you look at the McDonald's all real the estate franchise. around the world, it's mm. always in the main street on the the mm. best corner in any every yeah, city. Yeah, that's true. And so it they is. sell off these franchises where people, I don't think the people own the land. They own the business and mm. they make get the burgers, but mm. the McDonald's gets all this land everywhere, yeah. man. Yeah, right. They do. Yeah. Yeah, smart. when you think about See? it. like so just smart. Think about Wollongong, like where they're yeah, located. Yeah. They're all, mm. all around, like in the middle of Paris. And they'll, they'll mm. shake the McDonald's, so they'll get in there and they can buy this property in it. 
Oh, there we go, man. Fucking sneaky. See, Mac Panda will be there one day, mate. <laughs> we'll be the good guys, though. We'll sort Bosnia out. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to do that. <laughs> well, they need a new Tito. Dear. <laughs> Off you go. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that. Oh, well. But, yeah, the, you were talking about parents on the sidelines. Like, yeah, I agree. But it needs to, yeah. Some people just got to let go their own <laughs> well, I think shortcomings. And some A good thing to do is actually... Uh, change the situation so you have a box where all the kids are and then you have mm. an area two cones yeah. parents have to stay between there and there yeah. you actually have to treat them like kids yeah. fence them know. off fence them off and, and so, they don't know. I don't even think it starts off as what they think it is I think they just you know think they're supportive and helping I'm like yeah. I've watched parents who've never played the sport that the kid's playing talk about and I'm like you don't even know what you're talking yeah. about like You've never played that sport. Why are you even getting so involved? And and the way they can belittle some other kid. Mm. And we're talking seven-year-olds, and they're playing out the goalie. (laughs) So, fuck, she's useless, man. (laughs) You're fucking... Do you know what? This is the same type of attitude. I hate to say it, but we would get a a Nazi fucking sergeant to shoot (laughs) seven-year-olds in the forest. They can, you know, like, if you can talk about a seven-year-old like like that, that, Mm. you know, how far stretches it to fucking shooting them, you know? Like, you're fucking nuts. People are crazy. They need more psychologists and counsellors. Counsellors. Yeah, <laughs> so you've dealt with like NRL players and that. Yeah. Have I you have. ever dealt with people like at the end of their career and Yep. And like do they still want to keep playing and they Um depends on their circumstances and why they got out, whether it's an injury or not, but it's always a big adjustment for them. And I think that the NRL specifically really sets people up is in terms of like everything's taken care of, you just show up. So I think then when they have to live live and do things like book appointments and worry about mm. money and things, they yeah. just can't cope. Um, and a lot of them, if they've gotten out because of an injury, there's a dependence issue uh, with painkillers. Yeah. That wow. becomes a big yeah, go-to. Yeah. Mm. yeah, so, yeah. How do you tra- hard transition? transition? And hard transition because the they'll yeah. say like nothing will f- ever feel, well, that's what it feels like as good as... What that they were it. doing, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's and they're still so young when they get out, like they've got that much time ahead of them. Yeah. Not all of them are really good with money either, so yeah, you can. Um, Any of them want to keep playing, but they they just can't. Did they ever no, say that? There's no? always been a circumstance. I reckon the most that I've seen, it's usually injury related. And they're just there was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, and they're they've done. tried, they've tried to fix it. It keeps coming back, and usually they they had a bit of time. They usually know that that's going to be it because mm. is it like a four-year contract I think they sign? Yeah. Yes. So they've got like a long time of um, trying to do rehab and then it not yeah. working. Yeah. But, yeah, they're fun. I mean, this is a thing with sports psychology. Like obviously dependence and stuff is a real issue, but sometimes you do feel like, Really? Like we're whinging about getting silver yeah. instead of gold? Like You're telling <laughs> some of your stories. And then like yeah. the person before you is just, you know, like doing yeah. other things. So for me, that's good. Like I like the balance between that world yeah. and the other one. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's interesting. How do you get someone off to, like being, you know, like painkillers or something like that? Uh, depending on how bad their addiction is, like some need to go to rehab. Mm. Um with others do you know what it is any addiction like yeah. whether it's medication alcohol We're coffee everything are we exercise yeah. right whatever it is it's feeling a need that's easier to feel by reaching out for mm. whatever you're reaching out so what that means is like if you're really honest with yourself and say you drink heaps and you go 
Um, I'm just thinking that because I've got a client in mind and I've said, you know, like, what does it give you? And when you're really honest, it's things like I get lonely. I don't feel good enough about myself. Um, you know, there's other things that would be harder to fix. Yeah. So for him not to feel lonely, he'd have to find friends. For him to not feel better, he'd have to do some kind of career projection, Mm. uh, progression. He'd have to go to the gym. So. He has a drink and he doesn't feel lonely. He doesn't feel like shit. He doesn't feel any of those things and he gets to forget about his problems. So yeah. this is why I think people get addicted to anything because it's easier than dealing with, with why you have. wanted that relief in the first place. Yeah. So I think everything starts as a positive, like having a glass of wine or whatever is not an issue, mm. but it's an issue when that becomes your coping mechanism mm. and your go-to and you can't go without it. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to pe- dependence, like especially painkillers, obviously there's a physical addiction to it, which is why they're usually going to rehab to help with the withdrawals because they're pretty bad. Um, but then the lifestyle side of it is them actually getting honest with themselves and going, why What's am I doing this? What's going on with me? Yeah. Mm. So I quit coffee um, at the start of this year, love coffee, loved actually, it's past yeah. now. Yeah. Um, and I, for me, like I was fi- starting to feel sick when I have it. Um, and really? honestly, I haven't slept in three years. Like, How many were you having? I was only having two or three a day. Yeah. There was nothing, nothing out there. But I think my um, nervous systems and my adrenal glands, I think everything was just so drained from life. Mm. Um, not sleeping, kid work or yeah. whatever. And, um, and I was feeling sick and I kept having it and having it. And then one day I was like, I just think I need to not have coffee i had headaches body aches like it was intense i felt like a massive junkie like it was enough for me to go i don't think i'm ever going to have this stuff again Mm. um but then as i was quitting it i noticed other things like i noticed that for example i was lying to my body like i would get tired and i go no you're not just have a coffee and keep going i should have just had a nap really Yeah, yeah yeah um and like it felt like i was not listening to myself um and then the other thing that happened was i started attributing things that were me to the coffee so i only had that really good session with a client because i had a cup of coffee before yeah oh, like yeah, i don't know if yeah, i can yeah, be right. creative enough creative enough to write this blog post because normally i do that with a cup of coffee yeah, yeah. i don't know i don't know if i can handle yeah. the play date with the kid because i'm tired and I'll, that, that's what yeah. i normally do with a coffee so i yeah, didn't realize right. how much i was using it as a crutch then. Yeah, and that for me was like, all right. And Did you uh, switch to decaf or you just... Nah, just... Cold. Cold. Went cold. I went back a couple of times and just had like a really weak coffee and it mm. was like horrible. Like yeah. good, like a really good hit. It's like I was high on something. But um, but I noticed my clenching my jaw, jittery, my sleep, yeah. my thoughts, like I wasn't as clear. And that's just coffee. So yeah. you imagine... Oh, shit, and yeah. I was you know, physically dependent. And uh, interestingly enough, after just having one cup of coffee, I was getting headaches for three days after. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, like I gave up a couple of years ago because I got heart issues and I got yeah, yeah. blood pressure down. And um, <clears throat> two weeks of headaches, like felt like shit. And then I started drinking decaf and decaf's gotten a lot better. Yeah. Um, but then the case, if I'm really down, I'll, I'll jump back on the bandwagon. Recently I've, I've done it because we had a bit mm. of stress. And yeah, the, the withdrawal crazy. symptoms are the same and I'm straight onto it, man. And mm-hmm. I, get, I get the afternoon lows. So if I have a yes. coffee in the morning, the afternoon lows fucking terrible. Really? You yes. need another coffee. You know, yes. and it's straight away. It's an addiction, man. It's not good to be addicted to no. anything. I yeah. like to just I have like, breaks. Yeah. Yes. Just to see if I can still. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. 
I, I, I gave can't up. handle the break that I know. Mm. Alcohol last year for six, or this year for six weeks, and mm. I was completely over it. I just didn't yeah. fucking need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I found I just got lazy and bored. It gets, you know, <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, oh, that's a bit boring, which is the thing, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Well, don't be fucking boring. Go, do something I've about it. I've got plenty of things I need to do. You should have played fucking footy <laughs> yeah. with the kids or something, you know? Yeah. So, yes. Um, and even like if you're bored and nothing comes to mind, that means you've got to put effort into finding something new yeah. that's going to be yeah. exciting and fun and. It's yeah. effort and you might be tired. But then that's the other thing. If you're tired, then you should do something about being tired. Yeah. So it's like, I think that's, yeah, it becomes a Band-Aid. Mm. And then yeah. a really big one when it becomes a dependence. Oh, shit, yeah. So once you've had this second child, mm. what's in the future for you? Are you going to go back to sports psychology or? Who knows? I'll probably, well, look, I had two weeks off with my first one. Mm-hmm. So- <laughs> that ain't long. You gotta enjoy it. You know? She was born nine minutes before Christmas and luckily the business, business was closed <laughs> for two weeks otherwise. What'd you put like those? What was it? Um, what's that movie? Fucking De Niro puts those fake boobs on. <laughs> yeah. Put them on Nathan. Them Nathan <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, yeah. Get into it. No, she was, no, it was, she well, you was like been, all attached to me. It was like yeah. she was on my hip at business meetings. Like that kid was pushing me in all the ways. But I yeah. think what I'll just um, keep doing is what I'm doing because I can do things from home now and remotely. And yeah. um, I no longer have, you know, 15 staff members to worry about. It's pretty much just me and some freelancers. And oh, nice. yeah. it's much more manageable and I can do things ahead. And mm. so hopefully I'll have more than two weeks off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's oh, yeah. great. Yeah, I think on that note. Yeah, thanks for coming in. All yeah. great, Mass. Thank Appreciate you. you coming on. It was great. Yeah, awesome. Great story. Thank Cheers, you. Ladies. Thanks. See ya. Well, better. Yeah. <laughs>